Sarah. I'm Ryan. We love Disney movies. So we decided to watch them all, from Snow White to Encanto and beyond. Each episode, we'll watch a different Walt Disney animated studios film and tell you all about it. Did we like it? Does it hold up? Who's our favorite hero? Or villain. We'll give you history and fun facts about each movie. And sometimes we'll invite our friends to watch along with us. So put on your tiara. Or your evil crown. And join us on our adventure. This is Taryn Ryan's Princess Diaries. Hello, listeners. Uh, we are back, and we have been waiting for this episode for quite some time. The, well, uh, this is the start of season three. Oh, well, welcome. I know we've, <laughs> we we are recording this right after season two, so excuse us for forgetting that. But we have a very special guest, a very very special guest. You remember her from the I almost said Nightmare on Elm Street episode, and we have not probably will not be doing Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> no, but that would be awesome if you did. Like that's a whole different po- like either the podcast has been going on so long that we're just like fine, we're doing horror movies now, or <laughs> we you know like we've done a whole new podcast. But yeah. Becky is back. Thank you so much for coming back, Becky. Thank you for having me back. I had such a great time the last time, and I've been pumped about this. I, I watched this movie at least once or twice a week and i'm not even exaggerating a week i do because whenever i'm having a hard week i have to sing like i'm almost there like i gotta sing it and like get myself hyped up i love it listen i just did my usual watch of like the making of youtube and listening to her voice uh anika noni rose is that how you say her name Yes, she's she, a queen. She's awesome. And then yeah. it like she hits a note. Like I, I think I'm ready to watch this again because I'm 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 like I'm gonna really listen. It's tune been into a long voice. time since I've seen it, so I'm really excited. The, of course, I don't know if we said the name of the the title. I always assume you look at the name of the episode when you start watching <laughs> yes. this. Yeah. You start listening to the podcast. Uh, we are doing the Princess and the Frog, 2009. Mm-hmm. Um, this is your second time to see it? Yeah, so this is one that I feel like I need to revisit more often because I loved it when I saw it the first time, but it's one that like was in that hole of when I wasn't really following Disney as closely. So it was like there was a whole chunk of movies that I missed, and this was one of them. And when Ryan and I met, he knew how much I liked Disney villains, and he was like, how do you not know about Dr. And I don't know that I say his name right. I think it's Facilier. I think it's Frenchie. Facilier. Yeah. Okay, yeah. All right. Then I add it's then Frenchy I am saying I it said. right, but I always get like nervous I'm gonna say it wrong. Uh and then he was like, We have to watch it. And so we watched it. I loved it. And so now it's just like now that we're doing the rewatch, sometimes I don't like going back and rewatching before we do this because I like kind of coming in fresh. But it definitely was one that I was obsessed with after I saw it and started listening to the music like nonstop. I love the soundtrack. On well this it was one. it was also I gave you the uh I made that villains cd because yes. we were still we, we both still had old. cd players in our car at the time um and <laughs> wow. you were like and, yeah. and i added dr facilier and she's like who is this what is this song and the and song like, was oh, you awesome yeah and I, I will say i think this is the last disney movie we watched just to watch before the podcast started maybe wow. i can't remember like i think we watched this and i think then we, we started... watched it much like a lot no i think we watched it on disney plus Really? I think so. I think I can't remember. Because like you couldn't really get Disney animated stuff streaming oh, most of the places. True, I think yeah. we got Disney Plus. I'm like, we should watch this one. And I think then when I said we should do a podcast, mm. I, it kind of was born out of that. And then thinking about all the other ones we didn't do. I, if I, it, it's a nice story I'm weaving. Even yeah, if it's I don't not know that truth. it's correct, but. <laughs> You know what? You're storytellers now, so it can be Ex- as correct exactly. as you Exactly. There you be. go. 
Uh, it is loosely based on a 2002 novel called The Frog Princess by E.D. Baker, and that is based on the German folktale, right. The Frog Prince, which was the Brothers Grimm. Apparently, it's so loosely based. Like, basically, Disney had the right... This is the story I've heard. I listened to two podcasts specifically about this. One was Blank Check, which is the one I really enjoy, where it, they did a whole... Uh, Musker and Clements. He it's it's they do directors' filmographies. Oh, so they did all because they did Aladdin. Yes. They did yeah. So yeah. they did so they did, uh, Great Mouse Detective, Aladdin, Little Mermaid, Treasure Planet, Hercules, Treasure Planet, and then we'll, then Moana. They'll eventually go on to do Moana before they finally retire. <laughs> um, so they did this one, and I listened to the Blank Check episode. I also listened to a podcast called Black Men Can't Jump in Hollywood. Which Ooh. is a is is one I jump in on every once in a while because because I listen to Blank Check and Blank Check has recommended it and they've had the host from that podcast come on and it's it's interesting it's a really good podcast about you know you know bringing in people of color to talk about how they're represented in certain certain movies and they have a funny their their ranking system is <laughs> when they do a movie they go they don't say whether it's good or not they'd give yeah. a black fist which is it really progresses the cause a white palm which is it's all right or like no hand at all so they all go like one two three and they just do it at the table <laughs> and i just wow. i really like that show because yeah. they, they'll do everything from like disney animated all the way up to like you know r-rated movies mm. and they just do them all I, I i've listened to a few things in there so that's my recommendation that's a good podcast um I don't know why I started talking about You were talking about, about it that. was so loosely based. It was loosely based because they basically had... It was this whole confluence of like... They had this book for a long time called The Frog Princess. And mm-hmm. then they like... John Lasseter got all of Disney animation. And he's like, we should do another princess movie. And like The Frog Prince was one they hadn't had. And also they were looking at doing this movie, The Frog Princess at Pixar and then they were like well, we should do a modern one you know what we also haven't done a a, a, a black princess blah, blah. so it like came from that so apparently the only thing from the book is a girl kisses a frog and then she also turns into a frog got like, it and other that's than it. that there's nothing else that's the same <laughs> everything else is just the original thing well I also read that the director's you know, they talked about how most fairy tales take place in Europe and they really want it mm-hmm. to focus one here in America. And they chose New Orleans and Louisiana for the rich history, for a lot of the culture. Supposedly, this is what I read. Uh, but they spent 10 days there making notes, taking drawings. Right. They also, I think, worked at Habitat for Humanity. They helped like in some rebuilding that was going on when they were there at the time. Mm-hmm. So they were like they kind of tried to immerse themselves a little bit in I I have some some thoughts about that that we'll get into yeah. later. But um yeah, that was just more of I a mean, reminder we can for us. get into it now if you want. So Yeah. Becky, what are your what are your general thoughts about this movie? Okay, so like this is one of those movies that it, for me it hits on like some really strong points, but I can also see where it is severely lacking. So first point being like, okay, the the little Broadway nerd in me, the little theater girl, just loves like the cast, like Anika Nani Rose, Keith David, who oh, Keith has David. his yeah, thing with, so with good. doing New Orleans type characters he's in he originated a role in Hades Town, which is fantastic and anikinani rose has a voice that could like make angels weep we'll forgive her for being in for from justin to kelly if you guys remember that she was in that <laughs> oh she was in it I, like, listen we all got to pay our dues so 
I will forgive her for that. But so for so already right out the bat, like most Disney animated movies, they pull from Broadway stars. Mm-hmm. And this was one that I was like, ooh, excellent, right on point, right? And then as somebody with um an almost like dangerous work ethic of like little sleep, but like let's work hard and, and no matter what, you keep working towards your dreams, you're gonna get there, you're gonna get there. Sometimes at the cost of like your uh, work-life balance and like spending time with your family and things like that, right? Like I, I resonated with that, especially because in 2009, I was all I was doing was trying to be a working actor, working dancer, and just this, this like golden ring. You're just striving for it. So I, I was like, yes, girl, yes, I know what that's like to work one job, come home, pass out for 30 minutes, get back up <laughs> and do it again. Like, come on, queen. So I was there for that, and I. I finally got to see a black animated Disney princess. That was me, a hundred percent me like this deep relationship with her parents and, and wanting to, wanting to do them proud, wanting to work for your dreams while your friends are out partying, you're working so hard. All of that resonated so strong. Even the bit of a mysticism that happens with this movie. Mm. Uh, I grew up in the Christian church but that didn't mean that I didn't have like my eye towards like, well, what else are people celebrating and worshiping and, and not saying that I was like, Ooh, I'm into the dark side, but like, I've always <laughs> kind of looked at that. Like what is so scary about this? You mm-hmm. know? So this movie was hardcore. My jam a hundred percent. It still is. I do think it kind of stinks that like, she's a frog for like, that, okay. yeah, they, and they took, they talk about how um, it was originally called the frog princess. And then they changed several key elements to the film because they didn't want to be racially insensitive. Well, one of the things I heard there is because they didn't want to insult French people. Oh, (laughs) I didn't hear that. I I read that they didn't want the first black princess to appear as like an ugly, like the ugly duckling, right? Right. Like she's the frog or she's an animal for, yeah. So, so the podcast I mean, she's a pretty frog at least but geez. yeah but she is a frog yeah i think that goes we'll, we'll get into that because some of that is the design remember when we used to talk about like disney just puts eyelashes and and eye makeup on animals and that equals woman <laughs> yes also i yeah i read too that her original character name was maddie and yes. then that was changed because it sounded too much like mammy Yes. So they wanted to change that. And then I also read there was a subplot of her working as a maid and that was dropped. She was a chambermaid. For obvious reasons. I'm not going to lie. I would be big mad if I watched that. I would get up and walk out of the theater and be like, wow, we got to be maids again. Well, but here's the thing is apparently these are all things they would announce and it was like they come out with like their bow tie and be like, we're having the first Disney prince, Disney black Disney princess. Yay. Her name's Maddie. Ooh, and they'd be like, okay, 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 and they'd like back up and they'd change something. Like all of these things we're talking about were like public changes. Oh, that's interesting. Like, so it was going, announcements. Like, hey, See, I didn't so, read that. Uh, okay. So remember when we said her name was Maddie? No, just kidding. It's Tiana. Uh, also, but she's still a chambermaid. Boo! Back up, back up, back up. Look, hey, hey. Like they started doing things, and that's my my thing about that is I I, I will say I love this movie. But as I've done research with stuff, like I can understand. And this was the thing, again, listening to the Black Man Can't Jump podcast. Yeah. Um, it was like one guy was like, I love it. And just was like, okay with it. And everyone else was like, why does the first Disney princess, Blackbird Disney princess have to have two jobs? You don't see Snow White having two jobs. Like all this stuff like that where it's like, why do they got to work? Why do they got to do this? And it's like, 
there's a reality to it, but I, yeah. I, I, I think some of it was, and we'll get into this. So this movie on a lot of levels feels like a lot of white um, people trying to do good by the black community without going, maybe we shouldn't like Musker and Clements are or luminaries when it comes to the world of animation yeah. but let's have you know some let's let's have some uh, uh directors of color let's you know let's yeah you know the, you sure. start this movie and it's like oh we're gonna do that wonderful it's in new orleans we're gonna do that wonderful new orleans jazz and you then know, randy, newman. randy newman and dr john <laughs> it's like well maybe we could have gotten somebody yeah. else to do that like and we i all- mean Kind of, but also not really. So again, it's like it's like I, I oh, you're gonna go with the thing. So Randy Newman, we know is a is a heavy hitter for Disney. We know that, especially around that time. Yeah, at yeah, that point, it's wins, Toy Story right? and mm-hmm. a bunch of but other where stuff. Was, where was jazz as an art form created? New Orleans, like like nobody can argue that Louis right. Armstrong is the father of jazz. It started in New Orleans. Well, I wouldn't. There are some other people involved too, but still, yeah. Um, so it would have made sense that they would have been like, mm, maybe Randy Newman, let's have you sit down and get somebody else. But yeah. They because they've got it. Like I get it, but also it could have been better. Right. I, I see what Disney's trying to do, right? In order to get things greenlit, you've got to get some recognizable names behind you um, for people to say, yeah, let's put some money. You know, let me run to the, t- let me go to the, the movie theater and give you my money for this. So I do understand that. Um, I get the argument of like, why is she working two jobs? But let's be <laughs> real. What is the first thing that most black kids are taught that you have to work two to three times harder than your white counterparts? We ha- we are taught that we have to be two to three times faster, two to three times more intelligent to even get the same recognition as our white counterparts. So I'm glad that they show her working her butt off because that is a reality for a lot of us is that we have to work hard and it's not just given to us on a plate. It's not just oh, okay. Well, I I went to college and now here's the thing, right? Well, let so, me let me I ask you this: that. Do you think? Because I've got my opinion, and again, I I think it's less important than your opinion, to be honest. In this case, but but to me, if they're going to address that, I would like to see the movie addressed like they just show that it happens but they don't there's not a lot and again i haven't seen it in a while but i don't feel like the movie necessarily says they they don't cover the racial aspect of it they just when they go to the poor part of town it's just all the characters there are african-american and when they're in the rich I, part of town she's got that rich friend you know i i, I, I don't know i feel like they do but it's very subtle Right. So like when she goes to, to, you know, I've saved my money for this down payment on this building, this rat's nest of a building mm-hmm. that she's going to change into something beautiful. And the, the discrimination was very clear with those two characters who were like, Oh, sorry, we were going to sell it to you, but we're going to sell it to someone else. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. That hit me like a punch in the stomach. And I was like, man, that's, that's real. Mm. <laughs> that, that don't feel too good. I feel you, girl. I feel you. But she's not going to outright say, like, this is based on race. Even though, let's be honest, yeah, it kind of was. Yeah, turn know? to the camera and be like, racism, and then go back to the Right, movie. message. <laughs> um, you know, like, she's not going to do that. Well, let me yeah. let me ask you a question, because we... I, have you seen the live-action Lady and the Tramp? I did. What I did. was your thought about... Because we thought, again, two white people, we thought, like, I was interested that they just like went this is a fantasy 
we're not going to talk about racism in this time. And it was like, everybody was just cast. It was a multi... It was a multicultural cast, but they weren't really approaching that sort of thing. Do you think... I mean, we don't have to measure it as better or worse, but like, what do you think about that? Um, I think with something like Lady and the Tramp, uh, I was like, okay, well, the the, the focus is on these dogs. So I wasn't... my, my, My... my spirit wasn't rocked right like i was like okay like we know what the focal point is so this is not an underlying cause but when you look at the dynamics of new orleans especially turn of the century new orleans uh, all the way into like 1940s 1950s right like that's Mm going to be an underlying decision for a lot of things and one of my friends when we were watching it was like, wow, it's kind of jacked up that you see, oh, look, all the here's all the poor, the, the poor, happy, dancing, singing black people. Like they all go over to each other's houses. And I was like, right. But like, that's a thing. Like. Mm. Oh, no, she's frozen. Oh, no, you're frozen. Like I was like taking it in like, oh, that's very interesting. Hello. Are you still are you back? Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah. You said for a second, you said, the last thing you said was that's a thing. And then like. It felt like a good tone to go on, but you were actually frozen. And we were like, "Oh yes, okay." Like just oh, like letting it internet, sink in. No. Was that was that the uh, la- was that the last thing you said? Was that's a thing? Well, that's a th- that's a thing, and that also that this is it's a thing. But I feel like it was done very softly in okay. this movie, right? Like we're not they're not going to hammer people in the head and be like, "Look at this class, look at this class inequity, and look at this race." Like it's not. It's there. It's in code. It may not be as blatant as a lot of people want it to be, mm-hmm. um, but it, it's one of those things. If you know, you know. Yeah, right? yeah. I, I guess my my issue with it was if it was if there were black directors, black writers, et cetera, black et cetera, creatives black behind creatives it. behind it, and they had that, it would feel more to me like they were um, do like this is the authentic experience whereas to me like right. it being like musker and clements guys with again this movie is all about good intentions yeah. but i think yeah. then they're just like well the, you know the, the, she's gonna have a white friend who's super rich and i listen i have a lot of problems with that friend because i'm like give your friend the money like help your friend girl, listen here. don't yeah. go after my girl lottie <laughs> I also have a problem with like her constantly referring to her father as big daddy. I'm like, I don't, I have issues with this. <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's a weird new Orleans, like deep South thing. Right. Yeah. So I wasn't, but I was like, man, like they, Lottie could have been, Lottie could have taken a big time left turn. Yeah. She really could have. And I'm, when I watched it the first time, Whenever I see something that happens, like it's a because pe- this is a period piece, it's mm-hmm. a soft period piece, but it's still a period piece. Yeah. So whenever I watch that, like my hackles are up because I'm like, what, what y'all about to do? Like, what <laughs> is gonna go? Yeah. What you finna do? And it didn't. It didn't go that route. Now it doesn't make her like, look, I love all black people. See, United Colors of Benetton. Like, it's not doing that, <laughs> right? Um, and it and it's not even one of those things where, uh. Tiana's mother is hired as a seamstress and that's all she, you know, it, it, it doesn't smack of maliciousness. It is good intention. Now, you know, I feel like if you, if you had black creatives on it, it might, there would be, there'd be an underlying current of hurt there because that's Mm. something we carry with us. And that would be evident in there. And I think that that is something uh, that would make this movie more painful. And I, I'm, I'm not going to say don't hire black creatives. That sounds awful. I'm not saying that. 
Um, I'm saying taking the hurt away from this is what's necessary mm. and not having that there. I, Lottie, ride or die. <laughs> <You know? laughs> she could have given her friend her money, right? She could have just been like, here, right. but, she, but that comes down to recognizing my friend um, has too much pride. No, maybe not too much pride. My friend has pride. My friend believes in working to get what you want. And even if Lottie were to give her the money, I don't think Tiana would take it. That, yeah. yeah. I feel like there's a deleted scene. Yeah. I feel like there's a deleted scene where Tiana's like, I don't need charity. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But at the same right. time, I'm also part of it has to do with the fact that I'm very um, uh, defensive of Tiana because there's part of me that thinks like, Tiana didn't like have much to learn. Like the story is like, like, and again, I haven't seen it in a while, but it feels like it's like Tiana is working her butt off and Tiana's getting stuff done. And then there, everyone's like, like also it's at the beginning. She's like, I want to wish upon a star. And they're like, you can't put everything on fairy tales, Tiana. Oops. And then later it's like, PS jinx. Oops. Just yeah. kidding. You're in a fairy tale. And but then, you like, know what, though? She did have something to learn. She had a big lesson to learn, which is, do not work yourself into the ground. Right. You got to have take a second and and enjoy life at some point. Yes. And quite honestly, like that is what we are taught, like strong black woman, strong black woman. Right. But like mm-hmm. at the cost of our own mental health, at the cost of our family relations. Right. Like at the cost of our physical health, the number of times I would watch my mom and my grandma, like it's just take an Advil and go to work. Right. Mm -hmm. And that was something that their white counterparts weren't doing. So that is a, 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 that is, and they probably didn't mean to like, you know, touch that nerve, but that was something I took away from it was like, we have to care for ourselves better. Like Mm -hmm. you can work hard for your dreams, but we have to care for ourselves. And uh, maybe her being a frog and like chilling for a little bit was actually a, a good thing for her. Yeah. I also don't think Naveen's good enough for her, so I'll put that out there too. <laughs> I agree. He's a trash basket. She should do better. <laughs> She's like, he's like, I cut up a mushroom. I'm, I don't know. I don't even know what voice to do because it's yeah. Maldonia or whatever. It's his face. Yeah. He's like, hey, I cut up a uh, mushroom for you. And she's like, I love you. And I'm like, wait, no. <laughs> she should be like, like I have a it? job for you at my restaurant, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> you can sweep. Yeah. Oh, you don't even know how to do that? Yeah. Like, come on. Come on. I love the fact that she is so she ends up getting she ends up getting her restaurant and he has almost nothing to do with it. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I'm gonna play a little bit with it. Like Lewis that we're jumping ahead, but Lewis yeah. the, the the alligator, I think, has a more important part in the in the yeah. thing, which that's also a very weird subplot that resolves in like like everything else is kind of realistic, but then mm-hmm. they're like, it's like she got a restaurant, like her family's there, like there she's technically the princess now, but they have this money, blah blah blah, and it's like, and also the alligator now plays um, trumpet in the band. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, there's a there's a firefly death. We have a beautiful song. Oh, oh my yeah. god, that... there we go. Ray what? is something. Ray yeah, also. We... This weird character. What are you shaking your head? I just because I didn't know that we lost Ray the first time I saw it, and it that shook me. I was so sad that it shook me. I love Ray. We. I was ready to fight somebody over that. I was like, really? This is what we're gonna do to our Cajun friend? We're just out here stepping on him? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I read something about Ray because he's voiced by Jim Cummings, who we've talked about, and many other. Yeah. So many. No, no, he's not goofy. He's He's, uh, Pete. Yeah. Yeah. And he's. 
Ed the hyena. Yeah, he's and, so many different yes. voices. And so Darkwing Duck, I think. Yeah. The director yeah. said they chose him because he lived in New Orleans for years and could do a Cajun accent. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't I'm not very familiar with a lot of Cajun. I don't know if we like I, as far as like, did he nail it? I worked as with Ray. a guy. He's pretty in, close. Yeah. In my in my short time at Best Buy, we had one of the guys there was Cajun. And he didn't normally talk like that, but he was also kind of a feisty guy. So when he got mad, it would start being like, he'd be like, you need to sell these cameras and you need to do this and the body would do. And I'd be like, wait, 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 what, what? <laughs> like, it would just be this. It was, it was like uh, the water boy. Do you remember the coach from the water boy? who was like farmer yes. Fran. <laughs> yes. He'd always be like, and it was like, what are you saying? That's what this get guy would get. If you got mad. And it's going to come out big. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we've talked a lot about this movie without doing our usual stuff. Real quick, top three movies of this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, number three, Ice Age, Dawn of the Dinosaurs. Oh, number two, geez. Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. And number one, Avatar, coming in at almost $3 billion at oh this point. Oh my gosh, that's uh, wild. Uh, this was nominated for three Oscars. It did not win. Uh, two of the songs were nominated, Almost There and Down in New Orleans. But uh, the movie, I don't know this movie, Crazy Heart. There's mm-hmm. a song in it called The Weary Kind. That's what won. And then it oh, was... I remember that movie. Yeah, it was Jeff also... Jeff Bridges movie. Oh, okay. It was also nominated for Best Animated Feature, but Up was Yeah, this is, is the same year as Up. Yeah. I mean, like, I love this movie, but, like, you're up against Up. Disney... Up, well, this was... Yeah. Up was also, I think, Up for Best Picture. This is, oh, remember, that I didn't it's see, up and, yeah. And Beauty and the Beast are like the two that... That make it into that, that make category. make it into actual best picture, so... Yeah, this also was the first Walt Disney musical film in which all the voice actors do the speaking and singing parts since Beauty and the Beast. Wow. So I really thought that that was a cool fact that they cast people who could do both. And I think they have some powerhouses. We kind of touched on it earlier. I mean, even when they're not great singers, like I don't think Keith David is the best singer, but he's just got like his voice is so good. Like I think. Yeah. Yeah. His is good. And you were talking about uh, Anika uh, Noni Rose, her voice, like her singing voice, of course, is is wonderful. But even just Tiana's like got this kind of like it's it's a little deep. And kind of like really relaxing, not like super deep, but just mm-hmm. it's not a Disney princess, which you like think is that. Pitch. Hers is yeah. like, you know, right in the middle, a little low, a little low. And it's just like, I was listening to her talk. Even when she was giving the interview, she's like, I think this is really important. I'm like, yes, whatever you say, I agree 100%. <laughs> this is wonderful. <laughs> she also uh, is left handed. I love my left handed people. And she Tiana is left handed. Yeah, she I requested say that. She requested Tiana be left-handed because she was left-handed. I love that. So I thought that was awesome. I was reading that and I was like, oh man, I totally forgot that thing. I was going to pull it out. She was like, this is not only the first black uh, Disney princess, it's the first left-handed I know, for all my my Southpaws out there. (laughs) Uh, Also, kind of focusing on the animation a little bit, Eric Goldberg supervised the animation for Tiana's um, Almost There, the fantasy sequence. And he based that on the... uh, black painter Aaron Douglas who was one of the major figures in the Harlem Renaissance so there were some influences there as well that's interesting because that sounds like similar to his uh, the Hirschfeld fan- yes likes. Fantasia 2000 and uh, the genie and everything because yeah. he's the same one does the genie also I read too I didn't realize this that Oprah Winfrey was originally hired as a technical consultant before she was given the voice part yes and it's 
and I didn't know that, that but it's that. That was another thing where they hired her kind of late because especially in animated movies, it's like, hey, we want you to come on and tell us like what we need to do. And it's yeah. like, kind of like you, what they you did can't with do a whole lot, but <laughs> it's, it's done. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like when they went and they talked to people with Pocahontas. Yeah. It was like yeah. near the end and they were like, make all the, the, the houses face West. It's like, technically you're doing something, but whether or not that's super, yeah. you know, justifying the experience. But. Yeah. I also read, uh, where's I had some, Oh, the animation style was influenced. We talked about lady and the tramp. So I thought this was mm-hmm. interesting. It was influenced by lady and the tramp, which was 1955 for all the city scenes. And then for all the Bayou scenes, it was influenced by Bambi from yes. 1942. Oh, wow. And so the directors felt their opinions were, that those films were the peak of animation in the classic Disney animation style. So that's what they were going for. It's also, remember, the big thing with Bambi was the forest were meant to be very impressionistic, so they weren't like drawing everything. Yeah. That's the same thing with yeah. the bayou. When we watch mm-hmm. this, it's going to be very much like... The, even some of the, the New Orleans streets, they say, are kind of like... It's not super detailed. It's kind of like, these are the colors, and this is what yeah. you know it feels like. Um, I love that so. I love that so much because... I mean, if you haven't been to New Orleans and you really get up in there, yes, it's beautifully gritty and and old and and there's it, it, it almost vibrates with life. But I love the fact that instead of it being a literal translation of these streets, that we have like here's the color, here's the feeling of it. Mm-hmm. And that just I was like, absolutely this, 100% this. Give me give me more. So you've been yeah. Oh, yeah. We have not. So. We were supposed to go, and then COVID um, and some other medical things with me kind of ruined it. This past winter, we were supposed to go for a wedding, so uh, we were pretty bummed. But yeah, it's on our list to make it there. Find some friends to get married again in New Orleans and go. <laughs> you heard, a wedding, you actually, heard a wedding or funeral in New yeah. Orleans, they have the same amount of joy. It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> well, I feel better about asking my friends to get married in New Orleans than like, hey, would you guys mind dying in New Orleans? So. <laughs> Hurry up and die in New Orleans. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I also read, going back to like the fairy tale thing, they the film didn't gross as much. It wasn't as high grossing mm-hmm. as Disney hoped. And so they decided not to take a traditional route with their next two big projects. So they were going to go more traditional with Rapunzel, but instead it became Tangled. Yeah. And then the same with the Snow Queen, it became Frozen. So they, they did a little bit of a modern twist on those yeah. tales because of how this one did at the box well, office. Well, some of it was also the marketing because like they wanted them to feel less like princess movies. So that's why it became Tangled and Frozen yeah. where it wasn't like... It wasn't specifically, specifically focused on the, the princess. It was like, let's do this. Right. And then if you remember, and we'll talk about this more in our Frozen episode, but you remember like... I remember all the Frozen stuff was like really pushing Olaf and like this is going to be funny and you're going to yeah. like this and then what really took off was the genuine you know sister story the princess mm-hmm. stuff and then after that like you watch the difference between the Frozen 1 ads which were like Olaf comes on tells some jokes and they go Frozen coming this summer and right. like and then <laughs> yeah. Frozen 2 is like return to the majesty of, of the <laughs> yeah. Frozen North <laughs> Frozen <know>. 2 <sighs> You didn't like Frozen 2? I mean, I was watching it and I was like, okay, y'all didn't need to do this. <laughs> like, <laughs> nobody asked for this. The first one was great. Now we're singing Into the Unknown. I'm over it. Let's, I'm done. I, 
Well, I will say you and I, when we see movies, we like most things. And then maybe we, we think about it. Like, do you remember when we saw Jurassic World and I like stood up at the end and clapped? I was like, yeah. And then I started thinking about it. I'm like, this movie's not that good. <laughs> but like when I <laughs> saw it in the theater. for another Jurassic like, Park movie yeah, is was, what it was. It, what it yeah. was is little boy Ryan was like, I'm going to take this T-Rex and he's going to fight this mosasaur and they're gonna like it was, it was me playing with all the yeah the, the toys exactly. in the toy box yeah well i wanted to also talk about dr facilier a little bit oh uh, i want to talk about how his belly is out for most of the movie let's all think about that you know he wears like a uh vest and no shirt so like oh, he's rocking a yeah. midriff the whole time that's funny i never thought about that uh he's a sexy villain yeah so he looks like prince he's like did they did you find anything where they looked at prince because like no i didn't did- it looks sim- very similar. Okay. I'm so, yes, shocked. he does look like a couple of, of Boodooloa. Like, he does look like a mashup of a couple of them. But, like, if he started singing, like, Diamonds and Pearls, and, like, if I saw him do some drop splits, I would not have been surprised. Yeah. Uh, he, Keith David, they talk about how they did pull from him with, they both have a prominent gap in their front teeth. Mm. Uh, and they also said that his expressions and his gestures really yeah, added to it. Absolutely. So when they were when the animators were watching him and Disney animators in general do that a lot with mm-hmm. I think with voice actors they pull from one another. Also, all the characters in the film call him the Shadow Man. He is the only one who refers to himself as Doctor Facilier. So I thought that was kind yes. of interesting. Yes. I, I think that's an interesting kind of like way of saying that he's got a reputation around New Orleans, like. He's an actual person, but like everybody else, like knows him as the sh- they're like yeah. the shadow man. Like like yeah. they, you know he's got this weird. It's 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 interesting. His whole thing is, I I I, I love him and everything, but like it, it I, I think that's weird. That's like everyone else's shadow man because I was always like, oh, is the shadow shadow man? Like what's going on here? Yeah, like, and the animator uh, Bruce, I think it's Bruce W. Smith who animated mm-hmm. him. He describes him as a love child of Captain Hook and Corella Deville. I can see that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess I can kind of see that. Yeah, so uh, if, I just thought, I thought that that was Disney kind of... Villains. Yeah, if you had to pick Disney villains specifically, I thought that that was kind of an interesting take on it. And then I also came across this fact, which might open up a discussion we started talking about before we started recording, mm. that some of the colored symbols that float around during Friends on the Other Side, and they also appear on the floor at one part, mm-hmm. they're based on actual voodoo symbols, and I don't... Vivi is that uh, it's V-E-V-E and the accents are over the E so I don't know Vive I don't know if I'm going to say that right none of us here know I don't yeah. know the exact pronunciation of it um I do know that a couple uh, a couple of acquaintances I know who are who practice were like uh-uh like okay. they were not they were not happy about that being in the movie and I was like um I'm sure you'll tell me at a later point why but I also kind of don't I want to know but I also kind of don't want to know yeah so, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it feels like again the like we opened up the encyclopedia to V and looked up voodoo, but nobody asked. Like, is this something right. we should put in here? <laughs> you know? Yeah, I feel like that's probably why. So, and again, I I'm, I'm not practicing. It is a closed practice, meaning that like it, it, this is not something where like in most religions and in most uh, uh, I don't want to say witchery, right? Because that that has a negative connotation to it but um most uh ways of worship are open to people who want to learn it right so like Mm -hmm. if i decide that i want to convert to judaism i could do that um if i wanted to become a wiccan there would be a way for me to to learn that and and 
be welcomed in. With something that's a closed practice, it is ancestral based a lot of times. And that means that you're not in unless you have a blood relative who is in that can invite you into the circle. Um, oh, and sometimes it sometimes it is it is race based, right? So like you have a lot of African um, uh, based religions that uh, a, a Caucasian person could not be like, "Ooh, I'm gonna go do this thing." Like, yeah. No, you ain't doing that, right? So it was. It's it's interesting. I'm laughing because I'm like, that sounds exactly like something a Caucasian person would do. It's like, "Ooh, this weekend at Coachella, <laughs> I'm gonna learn voodoo." It's like, honestly, oh god. Yeah. And honestly, I don't know if y'all ever get on like witch talk on TikTok, but there are so many people who are like, "I'm a Wiccan, but also I'm gonna practice voodoo." And if you roll through the comments, you see people losing their minds. Like, don't mess with stuff that you don't know this is a closed practice you're trying to appropriate it and bad things are going to happen i'm a firm believer that if you don't know nothing about it don't mess with it like it's yeah. like if that's not your ministry don't don't go chasing waterfalls stick to the rivers and lakes that you are used to <laughs> yes <laughs> and so so them them basing the shadow man dr facilier basing him off of two voodoo loa at least um, in terms of the look, right? Because I think a lot of people look at Baron Samedi, who is a voodoo loa, and Gibe uh, oh, uh, Nebo, I always say that name wrong. They are two, uh, one of them is more based on, um, he's a trickster, so to speak. He will be there if you supply him with rum and uh, he's there for a good time. He's going to help you. He's going to be a little bit lascivious. But if he, I don't want to say if he doesn't know you, that doesn't sound right. But uh, if you are not welcomed in, the results are not going to be what you wish them to be, mm. so to speak. Right. Mm. And, and, and that goes with, with supposedly all of these, these Loa, these, these uh, deities, so to speak, in voodoo and hoodoo. If you are not welcomed in and you are asking them for something, if you are asking them for help, if you are asking them to act in revenge and you are not part of an ancestral bloodline, it's not going to be a very good day for you. So then, so Disney kind of putting this in, I was like, this is interesting, but also who are we going to be giving people the bad idea? And I know a lot of Christians who are like, my kid is not watching this movie as a result. Really? Mm. Yeah. A lot of people were like, this is so pro witchcraft because let's let's be real like when people think voodoo they immediately think witchcraft instead of it being like a practicing religion um and same thing with hoodoo as well like, oh it's zombies and it's and it's it's consorting with the devil and it's all this stuff right um so i feel like disney kind of took a, a a risk with this yeah it's now is it is there in new orleans right like there are Historically speaking, there are people who were considered to be voodoo witches, voodoo witch doctors. There are people who have who may not be mainstream known, who are known to be able that you go to them um, when you need help, and they will call upon the loa to help you. Mm. Um, and so, Mama Mama Odell in this would be someone, and I, I think she's what like two hundred yeah. years old in the movie. That's what I was going to say is that we have the other side of it, which is Mama Odie, yeah. which I have some funny stuff about her, but uh, it, it's, it's, it's kind of the, the more bright side, you know? Right. So that would be, so when people talk about voodoo and hoodoo, 
I point them to that and I said, well, you know, part of that, you, you do have the, the, the dark side, but you also have the, the light practitioner, so to speak, who, who worship and celebrate in those ways. But again, it's closed practice. Don't mess with stuff you don't know nothing about. That's why people, <laughs> that's why people go to Mama OD. I called her Mama Odell and that's a woman in my church. I shouldn't have. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta get it right. Get it. Let me get my black people right. So, um, Mama Odie, by the way, voiced by, uh, oh man, where is this quote? Jennifer Lewis. Now, that's the mother in law in Blackish. Oh, yes. Another Broadway hit. Yes. Yeah, yes. she is fantastic in all things. I wanted to read her quote that she gave in the thing. I love just watching her. I. Um, she was your favorite character when we yes, watched her. Yes, also, um, she's good friends with Shangela, who you know from oh, Drag Race. I, yeah, I, I've. Uh, and so, like, he, uh, they always post stuff on Instagram together. And you it's fantastic. Can't, you can't, to me, just say the word Shangela. It's always Shangela. From Drag Race. I'm like, yes, I know. Well, I don't know because I... It's just funny yeah. that like to you, it's like her name is Shangela from Drag Race. No, like, well, <laughs> it's for you that I say right. that. And I guess for the listeners, if anybody who doesn't know Shangela, but um, she's So great. Jennifer Lewis, they were asking her about like, you know, being a Disney movie. And, she, and her quote was, I didn't like to dress up as a princess. I didn't want the prince to come and get me. I wanted to find him, beat him up, and then kiss him. And I was like... <laughs> I love her. I love that her so much. Wrong this like great. An interview. And, I'm here for it. <laughs> and I think you probably heard me like cackle up here. I did. Is that when And I paused it right as she did that to then write it down and then when I unpaused it, she cackled. Like that's exactly <laughs> like was her like that's the correct response to that's that is great. to cackle. I love that. <laughs> Uh, I have a whole lot of things to look out for that are all influences from other Disney movies. They did a lot of like Easter eggy type stuff. I don't know if you want me to go into those or if you have other let's, things that you want to talk about. Let's do the Easter eggs and then let's watch this movie. And some of the stuff I have, I'll just say. Say it the other part. Okay. Because yeah, I mean, yeah. it's been a good talk, but we have we, we need to we need to yeah. get to this. So uh, at the beginning in the opening credits in down in New Orleans, you see somebody shaking out a carpet in their window. It's the magic carpet. Oh, wow. oh my gosh, so, I thought it was, but I thought it was tripping. Yeah, and they did that in Hunchback, too. Was it Hunchback? Hunchback, I think, had the, the carpet. I think it had oh, the no, carpet, too. Hunchback had Bell walking around. And I think it had yeah. the carpet, too. Uh, so also, the streetcar that Tiana takes to work is labeled A113. You see that in a lot of Pixar films. You see it in Disney films. It's the room number from the animation department mm-hmm. um, at Cal, oh, wow. Cal Arts, right? Is it Cal I Arts? Think that's yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's what that's from. Uh, in the party scene at the start, there's a sound of birds. It's the same birds from the wedding of Prince Eric and Vanessa in The Little Mermaid. Really? Yeah. Well, because they were the directors. So a yeah, lot yeah, of these yeah. Easter eggs are things from their other films. Mm-hmm. Apparently, too, the flamingos are the same cells in animation from Kiss the Girl. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So cool. that was we one that I thought was really cool. Disney movies love flamingos. Disney, yeah, they do love flamingos. Uh, apparently, too, when Lewis describes Mama Odie, he pulls Spanish moss down around his head and he leaves mm-hmm. his snout sticking out. That mirrors the I- almost identical scene from Sword in the Stone when Madame Mim has oh, her yeah. hair and oh, then reveals okay. that she's a pig. So that yeah. was one there. Uh Mama Odie, when she's looking for a clam with the pearl and dig a little deeper, one of the items she tosses away is the genie lamp from Aladdin. Wow. I told you, there's a lot. Like, there's a couple more here, too. Uh, In the beginning of the film, apparently there's a doll. Is it um, from Brave? How do you say her name? 
Marie Merida. Merida. So there's apparently a doll from Brave in Charlotte's shelf, and now Brave hasn't come out yet. So I found that kind of interesting. I mean, it comes out this year, I think. 2012 is what I had. I don't know what I'm talking about. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of the floats in the Mardi Gras parade features King Triton. So look that out for King sounds... Triton. Uh, at the ball that welcomes Prince Naveen, uh, there's a couple apparently dressed in similar outfits to Aladdin and Jasmine who are dancing. And then also you can supposedly spot little Bo Peep from Toy Story dancing with a man in a sheep costume <laughs> <laughs> at the ball. And then this, there's a bunch of things here, but these are visual nods. So these are all visual nods to other Disney films. When Charlotte dances with the prince, the crowd standing in a circle around her, it's almost an exact imitation to both Sleeping Beauty and then the end of Beauty and the Beast. Mm -hmm. uh, when Naveen and Tiana escape from the ball, they fall into a drum set and the drummer tries to swat them. Uh, that is I very... guess when they're frogs. When you said that, I thought they oh, were both like yes. humans. I was like, what? Yeah, <laughs> that's very similar to apparently Dopey tries to swat at Snow White at right. some point. Um, Naveen and Tiana take a ride on Lewis's belly as he swims, and that's Baloo, Baloo. and Mowgli. And then the last one I have is during Mardi, during a Mardi Gras scene, Naveen is trapped in a box that's identical to the one that Donald Duck and Goofy were trapped in in Mickey and the Beanstalk. From Fun and Fancy Free. Right. So I just thought that that was really cool because you have these two directors who have done significant um, films in Disney and then they put a lot of those references into this one. And a lot of some of them I think you'd notice on your own and then some of them I don't think you'd pay any mind to or any attention to. Mm. So I just thought those were fun. I also had a fact about Beyonce. Did you come I'll across this? I'll take that anytime. No, I'll uh, take a, it doesn't have to be during this movie. It doesn't have just, to be while we're recording so this So hit podcast. me with a Beyonce yeah, fact instead of hit want. me with a Bigfoot fact. <laughs> uh, apparently, Beyonce was considered for the role of Tiana, but she lost out because she refused to audition for it. <laughs> Which I just thought was hilarious. I'm like thinking back to 2009 and I'm like, there's a whole thing with Beyonce and Disney because like why they... Get built up her role and I guess the live action Lion King which we yeah we still need <laughs> avoided to see watching. yeah it's on our list to watch we haven't seen it yet yeah uh, so wait hold up didn't Beyonce I feel like Beyonce did another animated movie where she was like I, in my brain and I don't remember what movie it was in my brain I see her as like a water nymph or a water fairy or something and she voiced it, and I was—I I feel like it had to come out around the same time, if not a little bit later. And I was like, "Princess Tiana was better." Like, of course, I'm a spoiled brat, so I was like, "Tiana's better than you." <laughs> I will—I will look. Ryan's this gonna up. look it up. I think we're probably gonna get this when we come back. Uh, another thing I—they're both, both in Dream Girls, though, right? Like her and. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah that's true. Uh, another thing I came across, which I've never heard, and I'm curious if you've heard. If you're a fan of this movie, you're called a Frogger. That's the what worst nickname the Isn't that weird? Yeah. I was I like, not I, let's not encourage that. But a, that was a fact I came across that I was like, well, I don't know that I'm going to. So we will definitely come back with this Beyonce effect after the break, because when I click on Beyonce on IMDb, first thing it shows me is her soundtrack movie credits to which she has 293 <laughs> so it's going to take me a while to search Lord. through this to find her acting credits. So we'll, we'll do that when we come back. But does okay. anybody have anything else they want to say? Um, they want to they want to say before we start this, other than how excited they are to watch this again. I know I'm very excited. 
Um, for those listening who are actually well-versed in voodoo and hoodoo, you are free to message me and take me to task if I have gotten anything incorrect, because as I said, I am not a practitioner. I, I will caveat <laughs> that by saying, please do that through our normal social media means. Yes. Like if, if you know Becky, sure. But if not, like, like we'd like to all learn a and B yes. like, let's not like put all that. On, uh, on you, it can be like through us. <laughs> it can be through us. <laughs> yeah, we can be the mediator. Like, I yes, you're right. I might be wrong because I am literally going after like what I've like in my discussions with people, and I am by all means not a theologian. Although I could be, I am not currently. So I'm like yeah. Much like this movie, where this is all about best intentions, and we're doing the best we can. Yes, <laughs> with the knowledge we Absolutely. have. Absolutely. So, uh, with that, I think it's time to take the uh, VHS out of the clamshell and stick it in the VCR. All right. See you on the other side, listeners. Hello, listeners. We are back, and I think we all were really excited going into watching this. I don't think anything has changed. How did we feel? I I still love it. <laughs> I do, too. I, I will say I think more than anything, I like the music, and I like the characters more than some. sometimes I like the, the story. Yeah. Like, the story's kind of got some bumps in it, but, like... I love every single like I, I remember going like oh here comes Lewis and like not being into Lewis and by the end I'm like you know what I like Lewis I like Lewis yeah I'm I am more Louis fan every time I see it I'm like oh god you know you could have marketed that you had yourself a trumpet playing alligator from Jump why didn't anybody it's a missed opportunity he's so great well, I f- and kind of like, dumb and I love him I feel <laughs> like that's the world they're presenting too because. Like at the end, it's like, the, what was it? The the Firefly Five and Lou. And it's like, Lou is if the you name. had a trumpet playing Gator, it wouldn't be and the trumpet playing Gator. It would be like that's what we have start a trumpet with. playing. Yeah, like, no one would Lead put the fi- with that. Yeah, the Firefly mm-hmm. Five would not become first on the. <laughs> um, I I like I I love Doctor Facilier even more. Like we talked about all that. I mm-hmm. it's it's great. I do want to jump in real quick and say that in 2013. Beyonce played a character named Princess Tara or Tara in Epic. So that's the closest I could find to around that time. Epic is a not great movie. No, she's not good in it either. Listen, don't get, I'm going to say this. I'm going to catch so much hate. I'm I'm ready for it. Uh oh. I love Beyonce, but Beyonce is not an actor. She's not a voice actor and she is not an actor actor. No. That is not her ministry. That's okay. Girl, sit to dancing and singing. You got that all day long, but stop stop filming stuff. Stop it. (laughs) Uh Epic was the one I think that George Lucas, like it was a George Lucas's last like big thing before he sold off Star Wars and everything, but uh, might be owned by Fox, so we may it may be on the docket like now because it's Disney. No, we're not gonna do that. (laughs) Um Let's go. Let's, yeah. let's jump into this thing. I have some notes as okay. we were going. Uh, first thing I want I want to do uh, real quick. Have any of y'all eaten frog? I've never had frog I legs have. or anything. You have, Becky? I have, yes. How do you like them? I had them once a long time ago. I never had them since. I mean, well, okay. To be fair, they were fried. Yeah. So, you know, the minute you fry anything, it becomes like, this is delicious, whether or not it actually is. I... Mm. I did like it, except the only. Did you thing, have fried as well? Yes, I had fried frog legs, and that's. I mean, they have them at. I think at Surf and Turf down the way, which is, is kind of have a Cajun bit. I'm thinking yeah. about 
convincing you to let me get something from there after watching this. I want to get That's some fine. etouffee or something. I'm like, I was like, that was another thing. I was like, look it up. Like, do we have any Cajun restaurants near us? <laughs> I will say this movie makes you want to get beignets too. Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. It makes you so hungry. I'm not the biggest beignet fan oh. because it's powdered sugar. Because I always yeah. am like, I, whenever I eat some with powdered sugar, I have to go, okay, don't breathe out. Don't breathe out. Don't breathe out through your nose. Because it's just like, poof. Well, I've got a question. Wear all black and then eat a beignet. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, I've got a question. Growing up, did you call them fireflies or lightning bugs? I don't remember Both. anymore. Both? Yeah. yeah, for me, it was Both. lightning bugs. Fireflies, I think I say more now that I'm out here because more people say fireflies out here i've noticed is that okay if someone told me like what is it regionally to you i wouldn't remember you wouldn't remember yeah i called them lightning bugs growing up yeah i was just curious when i was up at my grandma's house in illinois we called them lightning bugs and then whenever i would visit like some of our other relatives from down south would come up come up and visit us and they were fireflies yeah, and I'm from New Jersey originally, so they were lightning bugs for us out that way. But out here, like in Texas, I've heard people say fireflies mm-hmm. a lot. Well, let's let's. That was just. I have a couple other things. Yeah, to that's jump in fine. With, but let's uh, let's start well, before you jump into that. I want to tip my hat because I said this yesterday to like a group of friends, and they all kind of looked at me like I was crazy. But I was like, I just love old black women. Like I just love them so much. I love us. <laughs> Like, <laughs> because like I'm watching, I'm, I'm, I'm watching Mama Odie and I was like, oh my gosh, that is literally, that is my great grandma. That is my great grandma's sister. That is my grandmother. That is Mama Odell at church. Like just, oh man. And then it's, it's like that same lunch lady vibe. Mm-hmm. Y'all ever had that lunch lady who call you baby when she's giving you your food? Like, come here, baby. And you're like, yeah. oh man, it was like getting a, a verbal hug. Like you're just <laughs> like, man, everything's going to be all right. Like that. Feels- that this this isn't an old black woman story, but we went to go see Haim once. I don't know if I've told this on the podcast. Yeah, and this was years ago. So Lizzo was opening for Haim, so you could tell how long ago this was that that would yeah. happen. But like she went first, and I didn't know who Lizzo was, and we watched her. I was like, oh, she's great. And then we're watching Haim, and I'm like, I gotta go to the bathroom. I went to the bathroom, and like Lizzo comes out of like the the it's it's a whole bunch of portalettes. It's outdoors, it's like it's outdoors, stubs. yeah. And she comes out, and I'm like, oh, hey, you're wow, you were great. And she goes, looks at me, she goes, thank you, baby. And I was like, I will never forget that for the rest of my life. I was I'm like, telling you, thank Lizzo you for that gift. has old black woman energy. That is why her shows feel like you go into a whole like revival. She she might be young, but she is an old black woman. She's going to be a great, yeah. a great grandma or auntie someday. I yes. hope they use her in an anime as a voice. I no think, kidding. I think like in something. I think she'd be great. Um, real quick, Mama Odie was animated by our our our, our hero Andrea Stasia, who did oh, Jafar, who did a lot Scar, of the villains. Yeah, villains. very oh, cool. Nice. So I thought that was I cool. love her. She's great. Uh, well, it opens, I, and again, I tried not to take a lot of notes, and here I am staring at all these notes. So. We'll do the best we can to get, yeah. through, get through this. Uh, but it opens with Charlotte and Tiana's kids, and Tiana's mom's reading a story. At, Tiana's mom played by Oprah. Yes. As um, she's kind of the seamstress for making all of Charlotte, who we know as Lottie when she's an adult, uh, but mm-hmm. all of her dresses, all of her princess dresses. And this is where Tiana makes the big stand that she would never kiss a frog. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they head home. So we kind of get to see what life is like at Charlotte's. And then they head home to what life is like at Tiana's home. And they're cooking gumbo with her dad. I just love, I love that her and her dad, I love the relationship she has because her dad isn't in it much, mm-hmm. but he is a strong presence throughout the film. Terrence he- Howard 
in a very short role, but a very good one. He does a good job yeah. doing the voice. Well, and I like that he says, you have a gift and a gift this good has to be shared. I'm gonna I love s- that quote. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. going to say something controversial here, but every time she fixes gumbo, she just throws in a little Tabasco. And I think <laughs> that didn't really show like a a culinary know-how like the animators wanted it to she's like throw a little tabasco in there it's like that's not fixing anything <laughs> you just throw tabasco it's, in it's always tabasco yeah yeah <laughs> girl we but you didn't talk about like the rue you didn't you just yeah like, we just throwing the tabasco left and right oh, okay yeah <laughs> yeah uh but I just I really love those moments with her and she's yeah. such a cute little kid. She's I love the way that they've like designed her and animated her. She's so sweet. I do want to say so one of the things we're going to talk about during this is is they're doing a big uh redo of you guys know that Splash Mountain is being rethemed to the Princess and the Frog. Thank God. Yes. So Splash- it's, it took it's, well, it took long enough to get it. But it's, well, the thing that's mercy. that's I mean th- that's exciting. But to me, the thing that's also exciting is I think they're putting Tiana's place in near oh, like that, so you can yes. get some like walk up Cajun. Do food you think it'll like be that. in both Disney World and Disney? Because Disneyland has New Orleans Square. Yeah, they've got it? a big New Orleans. Thing. I don't yeah, know where it is. I have to do a little more. More. Yeah. I'll, I'll put up down- some stuff for that. You come down Main Street, it used to be that they had like a Dixieland Dixieland Jazz when you walk down Main yeah. Street, right? Mm-hmm. Now that now it's not so much Dixieland I mean it's still jazz, right? But like now they're kind of nodding more towards this world uh with with Princess and Frog. So I've heard that this revamp of Splash Mountain was going to be a Disneyland first. Mm. In which case, sign me up. I want tickets immediately. Because yeah. Just even a, look, just even looking at the concept sketches, I was like, "This is the most beautiful thing ever," and I'll take that over racist Br'er Rabbit anyway. Which, let me tell you, I felt some kind of way as an eight-year-old standing in line for that ride. My mom and dad and I are looking at each other like, "I feel like we're not supposed to be here." Like, this don't feel right. Yeah. Yeah, I got Br'er Rabbit thoughts because I also like the character, like of folklore of Br'er Rabbit, like outside of them. And I also think the Disney characters. This is the most you're going to get out of me about Song of the South. I think those characters are really well designed, and I'm always looking at them and going, "These are really cool." But the second I hear them speak, I'm like, yeah. "Oh no, 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 no!" Like I get yeah. like really yeah. like I'm like, I don't know why everyone has such a bad problem with. Oh wait, here it is. Yep, here it is. Here it is. <laughs> uh, yep. Right in your face. Um, but. I will say that, I mean, we don't know if it's going to be just like a retelling of the story. I hope they actually take the frog stuff out of it. It's just I hope the shadow travel, man comes back. Yeah, but and, I hope you travel through the bayou because it's yeah, a water yeah, yeah. ride. So like, I hope like it's their journey through the bayou. Like, I, yeah, I, I yeah. don't know. I, I, I just want to see how they're going to handle some in live action. Not in, in, not in live action, but in... You know, animatronics, animatronics and everything. Yeah. The, like, and because it's going to be all lighting with uh, mm-hmm. Dr. If Facilier. I don't see a million fireflies. Seriously. A million dreamy fireflies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but we both, we noticed how Walt Disney Pictures comes in after a good amount of the movie. After she's a kid. After yeah. she's a kid. And then the credit for the film, the title is when she's an adult, when she comes in as a waitress is when like the, the title credit appears there. Uh, and then this is now how we see her. That she's, you know, she's going from working her night job to her morning mm-hmm. job at Duke's. And Duke, who's like the fourth biggest villain in this movie. It's like I know. He was so Facilier, rude. Facilier, Lawrence, he's the Trappers, and then Duke. Yeah, yeah. I don't like Duke. I don't like him hater. at all. And but her you friends. Know what, I hope she puts him out of business. Like on the real, like we deal with that so much within our own, like com- within the black community, right? Like y'all made me hear me say it when I when we were watching, I was like, it is crabs in a bucket. 
Like we will down talk each other so hard and like pull each other down instead of like boosting each other up to like. Becky, when you said that, I was like, did they say that in the movie and I missed it? I did not know what that means. And for some reason, like when you say that crabs in a bucket, I'm like, it's it's such an evocative uh, uh, phrase that I'm like, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, now. yeah. The- but I don't know why I'm so happy to hear that. I was like, now I get it. Because I remember when you said Girl, it, I go, I'm about to do nothing. you said crabs in a bucket. And I was like, I just like let it go by. And I was like, was I supposed to know what that meant? Did they say that in the movie? What it, what just happened? No, just, but it, it <laughs> describes what you're talking about perfectly. Yeah. And it's extremely unfortunate that that's the case. But we right. definitely see it in this movie. Yeah. I'm like, you see this girl working her butt off. And instead of being like, keep your head up, you got this. He's like, you ain't doing nothing. I was like, you know what? She had to quit your job right now. Yeah. yeah. Well, and her friends hate on her too for working yes. two shifts and not going out dancing at Mardi Gras. Lottie is the only one who holds her down and is like, you know what? I'm going to support your business. Lottie, I will say, yeah. I, I think I this is, you know, you're not, you're not going to agree with me, but I think you're a little bit, have a little bit of a higher opinion of Lottie than maybe where she is. But I will say that she does. There are many times where she's like, she's this way. And then she notices Tiana. And she's like, Oh, I got to stop everything and help Tiana. Yeah. Like she's not yeah. always looking out for her friend, but when it clues in on her, she's like, Oh, you're my friend. I got to do this. And I will take back a lot of what I said about Lottie. No, I previous think, to this, I think this. Lottie has selfish tendencies, but yeah. when it comes to her friend, She's, as you said, she's right, like, you're ride or die for Lottie. Lottie is ride or die for Tiana. Like, she's very much, like, in her corner in the sense, because she doesn't think twice, granted, it's her daddy's money. Her but big she do- daddy. Her bi- <laughs> I don't like her calling her dad big daddy. I don't like but it. But she doesn't think twice. She's like, oh my gosh, we need these beignets. Like, how much? Yeah. And then just gives her, she has no concept of yeah, how much yeah. something costs anyway. And, yeah. like, throws money at her. But the same, I love when, I'm sorry, I'm shouting. Um, I love when she dresses her up. We're skipping ahead, but like when the beignet table gets all messed up and her that was my favorite thing she did. She she stops her in the bedroom, yeah, to make sure she was okay. Yeah, and she she doesn't give her like here's this ugly dress I don't want. Like she puts her in. She wants her friend to look pretty. Like she, man, I will. Might be self centered, but like she she does a lot of things. Yeah. I will say that that could have potentially been the ugliest dress that Lottie owned, though. Like, just because I think Lottie has. Well, like, the the least puffy yeah, or yeah, free yeah, fruit yeah. dress she, she owned. She, it, it I can imagine. Not... I can imagine. There's almost a scene I felt like we should have had where she's like, wear this one, wear this one. And then, like, Tiana's like, no. Like, it's just <laughs> these big hoops and stuff. Yeah. She's like, no, I'm good. Yeah. yeah. But I do like. Um, to go back after that we see Lottie or not Lottie, we see Tiana's dream. So mm-hmm, she goes mm-hmm. down, she has the money from Lottie and she goes down and says, I can make the down payment. Yes. Like let's sign the paperwork. And I was upset that she was cleaning up the place before a contract was signed. Tara's I was like, like don't be doing that work. Yeah. It's not yours yet. But when, when I was getting ready for this most recent job, um, the week before I came in, I, I had a 30-minute Zoom meeting with who would be my manager. And I remember telling my 16-year-old nephew, we were out somewhere, like it was his birthday. So we went and grabbed food and we went and did some stuff and we were talking. And I told him that. He goes, are you getting paid for those 30 minutes? And I was like, well, Ooh. no. And I, he, he was like, mm-hmm. And I was like, all right. <laughs> now, he had just started Newsies, which you know is all about labor unions yes. and stuff. Yeah. So I was like, maybe this is why it's fresh on his mind. Uh-huh. But anyway. But I do like the scene with her mom, like they're cleaning up together mm-hmm. and she gives her her dad's gumbo pot, which I thought was so sweet as mm-hmm. like kind of a gift to start everything. And uh, 
I love that she has everything designed. Like she knows where everything's going to be in that restaurant. Like it's not yeah. just like this is going to be my restaurant, but she paints this picture of like where everything's going to go, which mm-hmm. I think is very cool. Well, it's the yeah, it's her doing the the almost there. Yes, where they're yeah. doing that whole scene and kind of the night the art deco like poster look mm-hmm. which is a little yeah. bit of a different style which is yeah great. which i really like a lot and she hits that note at the end i was like oh my oh, god it's so good that's a great song uh they're all i really like a lot of the music in this mm-hmm. but then we're introduced uh to naveen dancing and playing jazz like very carefree not a care in the world with his little ukulele and with lawrence and we find out he has no money that he's there to meet lottie to basically marry rich can I? He's a trash basket. I'm curious. So, I I don't quite know how to say this. Part of it's because it's like Maldonia doesn't exist. I don't know where it is. Yeah. But does to anybody else does Naveen seem like he was designed to be a white guy and they just darkened him up? I think he was I designed to think that. Yeah, okay. and I think he was designed to be a French guy. I think he because he knows Something. French. He translates French to her at some point. He looks like they just turned up the contrast on Prince Eric in a lot of ways. <laughs> he I, he he very much. I got a Prince Eric vibe at the 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 wedding when they're being married. It's not him. It's Lawrence. But yeah. like as they're there, I was like, oh, this does feel like the wedding when Eric is well, being married to Vanessa. That's the other thing to me is when we're jumping ahead, but when Lawrence is in his body and it's Lawrence, he's like, oh yes, I'm Prince Naveen. I yes. was like, that sound, that that voice out of that body looks makes more sense to me than Naveen's original voice. I think Naveen and the frog version of Naveen like really match up. Yeah, but Naveen to me sounds like like if he was like Prince Lawrence of Stuffyville. Like, yeah, I'm like okay, that looks like it to me. Because also his his parents seem to have more like not you know waspy features like he does. Yeah, so I don't know. I, I like that's the thing to me. It felt like that was a later on. They're like, oh, we need to change. Have, let's uh, not just have a you know, black princess, we need to actually make this, I don't know. I don't know what they were thinking. It just felt. Felt forced. Trying to like do a nod to like Creo with it. Like, I, I don't know. Cause I was looking at it. And I was like, you're not as dark as Tiana. Cause you're from Maldonia, wherever that is in fantasy land. Cause that's not a place. Maybe Egypt, but like he didn't right. even look Egyptian. Like, what is no. This? I was like, mm. Well, and it's weird that like, I mean, it is a fairy tale, but they're basing it in New Orleans, which is a real place. And then he's from a fictional place. So that I don't know what they were doing. Uh, But that's when Friends on the Other Side happens. Yeah, they run into... They run into Dr. Facilier. Well, Facilier, who's been kind of like running around the Yeah, in the beginning, we're introduced to the Prince and Facilier and Charlotte as Lottie as an adult, like after the title sequence comes up. We're briefly introduced to all three of them. But then we really see Dr. Facilier working... Well, he's also at... Essentially. He's also at Duke's, which I don't know why I thought that was funny. Just the idea that like everybody in town loves the beignets so much. Even like the evil guy, he's like he's like he like he's not there to spy on them. He's like, oh, I love these beignets. Like and he's also <laughs> He's like, I got while I'm here, eat. This, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let me commit some evil acts, but also not on an empty stomach. Yeah. yeah. A, I mean, we whether or not you worship, you know, you you're indebted to uh creatures that are going to drag you to hell at the end of this movie we can all agree that these beignets are pretty great (laughs) 
Yeah. Uh, so he shows Naveen his future, uh, that it could be riches. He says, your future in green. And he shows Lawrence that he's been pushed around all his life and kind of what could happen with him. And he's, they shake he's on He's manipulating it. both of them. Yes. And we wrote that this song, especially when it goes to Dayglow, is terrifying. And this is when I, we always put a request out to listeners who have children. I would love to know children's reactions to this song, to him as a villain, to those shadows, because later on when the yeah. shadows go to hunt the frogs, it reminded me of the, sh- the shadows in the movie Ghost, which are bringing them to hell. So, oh, yeah. you probably have to quack that out. Uh, we'll keep it in because we'd say we're going to say it a bunch. And uh, it's it's yeah. one of those words that I'm starting to find as I like bleep them out. It sounds like we're saying much worse things than we yeah. really are. No, that's scary. Like you mentioned, ghost, and I remember I remember being a kid watching Ghost and watching those shadows, and I was like, and now I'm afraid of the dark forever. Thank yeah, you so much. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. So, I also watched that as a kid. Was like little voodoo dancing voodoo dolls, and then these shadows, and I'm like, nope. I, Absolutely. I, no, ma'am. I Absolutely. will say the design of the scene is good. And you were saying something before about when we were saying that Facilier looked like Prince about him doing the splits. And I'm like, I think he does the splits in that song. And sure enough, he does. Yeah. Like at the end, <laughs> he's just like dancing. He's like, ah, he's split. great. Yeah. I, I want to throw in a fact real quick. Sorry, I got to bring it up. That's fine. Um, so they hired a woman, Betsy uh, Betos, and she was the choreographer for this. And they did a lot of. choreographing the dances and doing live action versions. Oh, which is what they used to do with like Little Mermaid and other movies as well. They would like block stuff out. And she referred to it as a form of dance I was not familiar with called eccentric dance, uh, which is like comedy and dancing. I've not heard of that, but I'm not. Is that something you've heard of in your theater background? I have, yes. Okay. So that was her big push for that was to was to, to hmm. have that. So they had some really cool scenes of even Mama Odie like taking a scarf and like when she was doing it with her snake and like rubbing it on her butt. Juju, and stuff like that. I yeah. love Juju. Uh, you I, love Juju like every time he tried to keep her from falling. I a love hole when or Juju, something. yeah, when Juju she was about to walk into that hole and Juju like goes underneath that, her. That apparently was a big Andreas Deja ad when he was like. Okay, if she's blind, I want her to be all constantly like pointing in the wrong direction and doing yeah. all this stuff. But then when she needs to do what she needs to do, it's always fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, we then go to the ball, and I relate it to Lottie here so much when she's like, I'm sweating like a sinner in church. I, when I'm nervous. Give me some napkins. Yeah, and then she tucks them all in her dress. I was like, oh, Lottie, I I can relate to that so much. And this is when we talked about her being so dramatic. Like she throws glitter when she sees the prince and when she's crying, her makeup running. I, that whole scene is so is such a good Lottie scene. It's well, so it's, good. It's running and she wishes on the star and then Naveen, Naveen in quotes, shows up. Yeah. And then she's like, poof, 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 poof. And is perfect Beauty again. Mark. Yeah. <laughs> she's so on good. one. I love Lottie for that. Like, me, okay, full disclosure, I am that level of dramatic. Like, <laughs> this is tragic. This is, oh my God, fix it. I'm good to go. Like, I mean, yeah. you're literally a drama teacher, so it's fine. Uh, yeah. It's, yeah. 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 <laughs> But this is this is when we find out when she's when Tiana's there working the beignets that she was outbid. They paid full in cash, which is bogus, right? That's not true. No one came and paid in cash, right? I mean, they um, just maybe they, they did. You word being a woman of your background. They say a like, little woman. Was, they say woof. a little woman of your background, which like I hated. Secret. I I'm gonna, wanted to fight him right then and there. Seriously. Secret. I'm going to put like, out on if you. Both levels. First of all, you little ladied her. Which, yes. Mm, 
than the woman of your background. Exactly. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. Both yeah. of those are rough. If you ever need Tara to do something and you can somehow turn it into like a sexist issue and it's a good way, just be like, well, I know because you're a woman, you can't do that. And it's like, <laughs> it's going to happen. <laughs> Because um, remember when we were doing? Well, yeah. Well, this was funny. Be this is this is we were at we were in Vegas. Okay, that's oh, Vegas. What, I was talking about the Top Golf one, but oh, the one God. in Vegas, I think he it's was both more beer like beer pong, which it's is both beer funny. Pong. If you ever need Tara, like if you ever playing, if you ever on Tara's team in beer pong, and you need her the thing, just be like, I mean, I guess you're a woman, so I can understand you not being able to do this. And she's just like, wah wah just wah, sinks it. But it happened. <laughs> it happened in two occasions. Top Golf was. The Top Golf was. They were kind of trampsing around it and being like you know we'll give you a free shot first you go okay a practice whap, shot throw it in and then you like you want us like a free round of top golf and, and like, a free appetizers i want a bunch of stuff, stuff for yeah, us like, and then in vegas they had the one where like the cups come out of the table and it's all lit up and it's like this fancy thing and so we were playing and there was a guy this at the guy bar walked over out of nowhere and was like he's gonna kick your butt yeah or and something. made like some sexist and like, comment to and, me and it was funny because i didn't take it as sexist i just took it as him being an idiot and yeah. i just was like oh Oh, no, she's great. And she, he looked at her, he's like, really? And then Tara was like, not, I, like I, I don't think this is what think happened. I stared him in the eyes, but, but I like, felt like I did. <laughs> <laughs> just like sunk all your shots. And it was like, oh, like if, you, if he hadn't come over, like you're good, but you're especially good when someone doubts you because yes. of your gender. <laughs> you're like, <laughs> like absolutely not. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's what happens here. And they at least get a little bit of a comeuppance because when everything kind of goes awry with the ball and they're running out later, they do get cake thrown all over them, the bankers. Because then I yell like, ha ha, eat it. Or yeah, something. you wrote, ha ha, eat it is exactly what, yeah, I wrote it down. Uh, the cake on the bankers. I hate but, those guys. Uh, but then to go back just a little bit, Tiana sings almost there as like a reprise and she wishes on the star and the frog shows up again. And this happened when she was younger, when she wished on the star, there was a frog there and she freaked out. Uh, So it happens again and... Uh, One thing I want to jump in with real quick is they did a lot of... uh, This is I thought was interesting, especially with our podcast, is they did a lot of design on the frogs and the first few things they did, they were like, these look too much like frogs that it's not appealing Mm. So they started, they went to actually, their inspiration was Jiminy Cricket. Oh. And the whole idea that Jiminy Cricket okay. doesn't look like a cricket. Yeah. But you, you he goes, yeah, this is Jiminy Cricket. He's got antenna. And everyone mm-hmm. goes, oh, of course, that's a cricket. And yeah. that's kind of what they did with these frogs. I think the frogs look more like frogs than whatever. The Jiminy Cricket looks like a cricket. But, but when they're telling this story in the making of, they cut to, we always talk about how they brought in lions for Lion Kings. They brought mm-hmm. in cows for Home on the Range yeah. and stuff like that. And they, they show them all drawing these frogs. And it's just showing the act, the, 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 the artist's. And it then cuts to the middle. They're all in a circle, like in a life drawing class. Mm-hmm. And then in the middle, it's like on the most precious looking like velvet pillow is just a, <laughs> a, a big bullfrog, like just like sitting there. And I thought that was so funny. That is really funny. Uh, but Naveen is very suave as a frog. Like, I like Naveen as a frog better than as a human. I agree. I think he's I agree more with that. comedic. Yeah. You Becky, cannot like, like him at all, a- Becky. That's fine. I mean, I just. I I just can't with Naveen. <laughs> I wish Tiana didn't end up with him at all. Yeah. Like right. he just would hop along his merry way and like let girl, let that man go on about his business. I'm frog or human. I'm like, mm, no. I've no, th- he's a child. He's a giant child yes. in his best ways. And I think that's much easier to take as a character when he's an anthropomorphic when he's frog. frog versus yes. like, you're a man. What are yeah, you doing? You're an actual adult. I will say if this movie ended with like him being like, hey, can I get a job? She's like, yeah. And it's like, 
he's this it's the start of him being like i i can be a him better being person and it's yeah. like yeah. oh maybe they'll get together down the road yeah that's a little more but it's also again this this was their like we're, we're a return to to the princess movie so of course they have to get married and all this stuff yeah look I, mom i minced some fruits and stuff look yeah. i'm useful here you go eat this i was like shut up go sit down somewhere yeah <laughs> Uh, but so he talks her into kissing him and then they both become frogs. So yes. it does not happen that he gets changed and then they run out of the ball. That's where the cake goes on the bankers. Uh, and, and then and Lauren- weirdly, the dog who's chasing them has like talks. one line. Yeah. Because like, I dog- think that was supposed to. It felt like at one point, maybe the dog came back and helped them. Maybe. Like when they returned. I was like, that's weird. They got one line like out of the dog. Yeah. Animals talk now, I guess. Uh, but Lawrence also <laughs> then becomes the prince. And we realize he has the talisman. And that's what's changing him. Yes. Lawrence in- has big Nathaniel from. Uh, enchanted energy Big, yes he does yeah oh. like after since we just did that we last, just did we that just yeah that he is very similar and he starts thinking that he can't go through with it he starts mm-hmm. doubting like this isn't right we shouldn't do this and dr facilier is the one who comes in and talks him into it and you know he's like you're marrying for the money and we're splitting it 60 40 and again he is just so manipulative and mm-hmm. trying to just twist it and so that's how when we realize that Naveen's blood is in the talisman and that's what turns him into it. And so when they lose Naveen, they then they can't refill they it. can't refill it. Yeah. And so then Naveen finds out that she's a waitress and he's like, you lied to me, but she didn't lie. He just assumed, he didn't ask. He, he didn't ask and assumed she was a princess because of how she was dressed. He actually lied to her because he promised all this money to her and he's flat broke. He has no money. I feel like you're taking this fact out on me just a little bit I oh no i'm I not taking it out on you <laughs> at like, all you lied i'm like I, i'm not i'm sorry you've not lied it's <laughs> yeah. again uh, naveen is a trash basket i've been saying like, yeah uh so then they're out in the bayou i love the whole the whole part of the film in the bayou mm. a lot but they're out in the bayou animals are trying to eat them specifically alligators yes right uh and they make a deal for the restaurant here as like you know once we get turned to human, like you have to help me get my restaurant. And she, again, we see her working hard. She's paddling while he's just playing his string branch <laughs> ukulele that he made being lazy. He's just laying and playing. <laughs> she has so much patience and so much yes. grace because it couldn't be me. Like I would literally stop the boat. You, you, and t- you just him smack off. him off the lily pad and keep yeah. going. Would, or just leave like, him. Listen, you get to you better start helping paddle or you will you will die here in the swamp by yourself. Yeah. Why? Here we go. Right? Yeah. And so this is when they meet Lewis, uh the trumpet playing alligator. I love Lewis. I like Lewis a lot. And uh, I, I will say one thing about Lewis is at the end when he jumps off the Mardi Gras thing and goes after him, like he never helps with that fight. He no! just oh, that's like, true. It felt like he should. It felt like he should have been part of it, and they cut it. Yeah, right? yeah. Like it's this big deal about him like running after him, and then he just goes like, "I found Ray." Like you know, yeah, that's like it. he got there too late. Yeah, but yeah, he should have maybe helped more. I, I feel like some of this stuff got cut. This thing had a little. I think it's a good movie, but I feel like there's stuff where it's like. Because they kept changing things and changing things, yeah. It, you know, uh, but they ask him. You know, his dream is to play in a jazz band, and they ask him, and you know, why haven't you? He's like, oh, I tried once. I, I tried, tried to play once. with the big boys, and that 
so he jo- he goes on to a uh, this joke is he goes on to a jazz band on a riverboat and they all stop and look at him and then the next shot is a wide shot of the boat and he jumps off and everybody's throwing guns out and shooting at him and then like levels that couldn't have possibly seen him yeah guns are like there's like it's like everyone just heard like they're shooting up above we should do the same like it's, uh-huh. it's just like over the top <laughs> they cuts the back to me goes it didn't go well and like that's it <laughs> and that's all we find out about that uh but he talks about mama Odie in the deepest part of the bayou and how she could probably help them mm-hmm. turn back to being human and then i don't know that i have all the titles of the songs right is it when i'm human I don't know if that either, but it's it's definitely something like that's the I think it's called When I'm Human. I'll pull up. But that's the, the, the next soundtrack. song. Yeah, that's the next song that comes into play. And then it cuts to Lottie and Lauren says the prince and they're having like breakfast the next day. And this is when we find out that the blood is leaving the talisman because his ear gets real big and his his butt and like all yeah. these pieces of him start turning into Lawrence. When we're human. When but we're human. Okay. Whatever. Uh, and then that's when he proposes to her. And then she goes running off because they're going to have a Mardi Gras wedding. Uh, then the next big kind of sequence where we meet another character is they start trying to eat their tongues as frogs start kind of going like without them thinking about it. And then they get tongue, literally tongue tied and all twisted up in each other's tongues. And Ray, this is when we meet Ray, who is probably one of my favorite characters. I love Ray so much, but he comes and gets them untied. Is the only person that's keeping him from being your favorite mama Odie? Possibly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I really I, like mama Odie a lot. Too. I mean, I like Dr. Facilier. Ray's, Ray's a Ray's top so tier sidekick. Good. To Ray's me. so good, but he he tells them he's like, "You're going the wrong direction, to Mama Odie's," and it's because Lewis is really kind of nervous and afraid to actually take them there. Is that what it is, or That's was what he? I thought you thought. I just thought he was lost. Like I don't know. Like well, because eh. earlier he talks about Mama Odie, but he seems like nervous talking about her. Maybe, Maybe I read it. What do you that. think, Becky? I thought that he genuinely didn't know which way to go because Ray was like, that's why you don't ever ask a gator for directions. Oh, that's true. Yeah. I was like, okay, he just really is confused and just doesn't get it. And got turned around. (laughs) Uh, But then that's where we meet all of Ray's family and some Bayou Zydeco music comes in and uh, they help them to Mama Odie's. And I like that whole part, meeting all the cousins and everybody. Well, that's also when he talks to cousin Randy that looks like Randy Randy Newman. Newman and I pretty sure that's his voice having just heard him talk on an interview yeah and then it cuts back to dr facilier asking for helps from the friends on the other side and this is where it gets scary because we see these shadows he's planning on running you know the city of new orleans he's going to get away and give all the wayward souls to them and he's basically making this deal so they can go find the frog another terrifying scene no i yeah I, i do love the fact that Facilier is like in deep with these the the spirits. Well, and he's been in deep for a while, is yeah. what it seems like. Like this is his last chance to kind of make things right I, with them. I don't know why I like that about him, but I like that he's desperate. Like there's something worse than him that he's tapped into, and he's desperate. Like yeah, I think that's I find that interesting as a character. Yeah, I just wonder. Like okay, so we know that he gets pulled to hell. Like, like they basically are like, all right, time's up, right? But like, does his one soul equal to all of the other things that he has possibly asked for? If so, like, wh- how valuable is he? Well, I wonder how much he's asked for before because the first thing we see him doing is like stealing a quarter off a tourist or something like that. With like, right. if if they've been real low, maybe asks they haven't been up big until asks. this point. Like, yeah, he's. he's 
I don't know. I, I, I Or maybe the more desperate he gets, the bigger the ask. I guess. I don't I, know. I just, I, I don't know. I just love that he's afraid of something. It's not like he's the most evil thing in the land. It's there's something worse than him and he's indebted to it. I find that yeah. fun. And you never know what it is. Like they are, they never expressly say, oh, this is the demon of, or this It's just like yeah. it, darkness. Have fun. It, it's the other yeah. side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but then this is where we go back to Ray and he talks to Evangeline every night. And the, when, I forget who was it who's like, that's a star. And she was like, shush. Is it Lewis. Lewis says it. And then it Naveen me, and everybody are like, oh, yeah. It reminded me of Olaf, Olaf from Frozen when they were like, when he's dreaming about being in the sand in the summer. Yeah. Um, if I would have shown you a lineup of all the characters in this movie and said one of these characters has two solos, would you have pointed to Ray and been like, that one? No. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Never. Uh, but this is then where the three men are hunting for frogs. And now I'm curious, what are our thoughts on these hillbillies? I, You know, I get like we need a bit of comic relief, but I kind of felt like this whole scene was like unnecessarily yes. long. Yes. Yeah. There are other scenes I would have liked to have seen instead of this one. I also am not a big fan of Two Finger. Like I liked yeah. Two Finger when I first saw it, but I've also like... There's a there, remember that British show I told you about where it's it's uh, the last leg and it's a bunch of guys it's it's three guys and two of them are like uh, disabled like one of them is missing like he's missing one of his legs which is why it's called the last leg like yeah he's joking about it but the other guy has you know um, not the 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 typical amount of digits mm-hmm. and that's what two finger looked like to me so it looked like we were like kind of laughing at a what is typically some sort of disability yeah like i didn't mind him being like and like mumbling and that and then the big guy it, it, you know then you said it's the george and lenny yeah, yeah. i think that it had that kind of a dynamic to it at least two of them yeah which you know i could understand personally i didn't doesn't bother me i can understand people being kind of upset and it was just but it was just a very a long Tunes scene. cartoon in the yeah. middle of this movie that never came back anywhere and like, it was unnecessary, just unnecessary. Like, I guess my first thought with, with Two Fingers, did he lose the rest of his fingers from noodling? Like, when you're trying to catch catfish with your fingers, you know? I will say oh, it, yeah. it, it looked very similar to the guy on that show I was talking about who was born with, like, uh, only two fingers or something like that. And that's why I was like, like yeah, that's a different vibe then. I don't want to, yeah. Yeah. Somebody's disability. Well, I don't know if that was supposed to be like an inbreeding joke or something like that, where it's like, look at these weirdos because they're all, I don't know what it was like back by you. Yeah. I don't know, but I don't know. I didn't mind them being a strange thing. It's a strange thing to laugh at. They're backwood. But like, because here's the thing, like by that standpoint, a lot of people think, uh, uh, like most Cajun people, oh, they must be backwoods. And I'm like, well, they're good people, though, too. Like, why are we laughing at them? Well, it's, you know? also, it's also if it didn't feel like they were super Cajun because, like, that was Ray. Like, Ray and the Fireflies right. felt like they were Cajun. So, like, that didn't bother me. But it was, if they had just been like their backwoods or just like these three idiots. But yeah. again, even if, if we had done the work to make that scene good, 
I don't think there was a lot of use to the scene. I think like, the only thing is that Tiana gets captured and Naveen goes to save her, which you could have told that story if you wanted that another particular way. element, just have other animals go after them, like the alligators did. Yeah, I don't yeah. think you Any needed the three hillbillies. We're in also there. throwing in a bunch of gun violence. I mean, it's 2009, so we're right at the edge of that. But like, yeah, I yeah, I just didn't think it was needed. It was, but it, I was curious what you guys thought about it. So yeah. it seems like we're on the same page with it. Well, just uh, the random shotgun to the crotch. I was like, oh, wow. Literally, like, he goes, not there. Like, yeah. I wanted to be like, that's my penis. You know, I'm just trying to <laughs> like, yell something stupid like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but after that whole scene, Tiana says she's going to make swamp gumbo. And this is when she teaches him how to dice. He, like, cuts I'm gonna, one. I, I need to make swamp gumbo sounds like I got to go and I got to go now. <laughs> That's Sorry. right. <laughs> uh, but she puts I don't him... think of swamp gumbo meaning like, hmm, here's a delicious treat. A, a certain yeah. type of swamp gumbo. But she teaches him how to mince mushrooms. And so this is like putting him to work in one of the first <laughs> times that he's ever worked. I know. it's <laughs> Becky is over it. <laughs> I'm just, I've never learned how to do anything. Shut up. <laughs> oh, yeah. what an endearing quality. How useless you are. Yeah. No. Yeah, right? Uh, he's, like he's just such uh, a dude yeah. wrote this so that's there you go yeah uh but then we hear ray serenading and singing to evangeline so he's singing to her and then this is where naveen teaches tiana how to dance mm-hmm. so there's that oh, moment say, i have two left feet so yeah yeah and then this then the shadows take naveen so the shadows capture him but mama Odie comes to the rescue yeah just blasting yeah she's great and she's stirring uh gumbo in the bathtub i just love everything about her setup like being in this rundown ship that's like in a tree and the lighting and all the colors at the end with all the different colored bottles like and the light shining through yeah there's some really cool details her song her song is dig a little deeper and it's mostly about like what you want versus what you need and like really yeah i i i like the bit at the end where like tiana doesn't get it and yeah, she's like, like oh, all right, I just here have we to go work again. Harder. Yeah, <laughs> like I, I, I like when um, characters admit that a musical number just happened. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Come on, sing again with me. <laughs> like here we I go. I know Ray was on his own singing. Nobody joined. Like, nobody want to sing with Ray. Okay. <laughs> uh but then this is when they realize that lottie has to kiss a princess has to kiss him Mm -hmm. so they're like okay lottie has to kiss him and now lewis wants to become human and she's like you need to dig a little deeper as well uh because lewis and he's like i want a belly button but i don't want an audi i want (laughs) it and she also like kicks him out of his tree which feels like you need to dig a little deeper like i'm done (laughs) yeah a little bit like i don't know how to help you just dig a little deeper go by uh, but he uh, gets that Lewis gets them on a riverboat. So instead of swimming back to New Orleans, they're going to get on a riverboat. And, and it's Mardi is, Gras. And it's Mardi Gras. So the band is dressed up. They see Lewis uh, with the trumpet. And then he kind of gets to fulfill his dream mm-hmm. here of mm-hmm. playing with I them. I think they're the Firefly Five, right? Uh, maybe, yeah. I think that's them later. Maybe that's yeah. them later at the... Well, that'd be kind of fun if it was the same guys he played with on that riverboat then are in Tiana's restaurant at the end. Because they're the ones that are nice to him. They should get a job too. Yeah. Yeah. Give them some shine. (laughs) Yeah. But then this is where Naveen makes the ring for her. He realizes he's in love with Tiana and he's going to propose. 
And Ray at first thinks he's in love with Evangeline because he's practicing his proposal to Evangeline. I like that everybody winds up talking to Evangeline Mm -hmm. because Tiana does later too. And he has this fancy dinner set up for her. He's so nervous. He's bumbling. He's like tripping over his words. And then he sees how excited she is about her dream because they pass what would be the location for the restaurant. And so this is when he promises to make her dream come true. And honestly, I like the version of the story where he fulfills his promise, but they don't get together. Like... To where, I, f- like, I feel like this being you know, the start of a relationship with them as opposed to the marriage. Yeah. I think is good where it's because that's from Tiana's perspective when she's like, oh my God, he does love me. I'm like, what? What from your perspective? Like her, her being like, oh, he loves me. Like that's how that felt like it should be like, yeah. oh. How old is huh. Tiana again? Is she like 19, 20 years old, something like that? I don't know. I feel like every Disney princess has an official age, which I find kind of strange. Weird. Yeah. But I, I are you like going to look it up? Like hella young. Like, not like, te- like I'm in not high Snow school White. Young, but yeah. Like, yeah. Definitely, definitely, probably not young and like not old enough and not 19. well lived enough to be like, mm, that's not love. That dude's trash. Like, Nineteen. Well, I think I the defense of Naveen. I think he gets better by the end, but I don't think the two things he's done to slightly elevate his his life means he should get the woman married to. Like again, I think the the end of this movie should be, hey, I'm gonna come work and maybe you know like let's start to think about this relationship and not. Yeah, I'd like to take you. you on a date. 19, which I think is, she's 19 years old, which I think it's like, I think Snow White's supposed to be like 14 Snow or White's something. Snow White's supposed to be young, yeah. I think yeah, same Snow with White Ariel. I think Ariel's supposed to be young, Jasmine too. is 16. Ariel old. is 16. Child. Yeah. Well, you are, Ariel. Most of, them, most of them are 16. It's weird that it's like, it's like <laughs> this Ariel, the- 16. Jasmine, 16. Mulan, 16. Belle, 17. Like, what about Belle where they're like, mm, she's a junior? Like, like they're yeah, all sophomores. Yeah, she needs Let's to make be. sure. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. what, what about like she Made reads a little more, so we got to give her another year. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Tiana's like the oldest Disney princess, as far as I, I see huh. on this little list. I don't know. Like the next is Rapunzel is eighteen. I don't, it's weird that we're like we have to know exactly what age they are. It's, yeah. It's weird dude things. It's strange. So. Uh, she Naveen winds up getting captured again by the shadows and then this is when Tiana realizes he wants to propose because Ray kind of spills the beans on it and she sees who she thinks is Naveen she goes after him mm-hmm. and it's Lawrence getting married to Lottie but she thinks it's Naveen so she her, her kind of dream of like oh he loves me I love him like we're this is all going to work out yeah. is kind of crushed in this moment and Ray's trying to let her know this doesn't I know what we've seen with our eyes, but this isn't right. And she uh, ruins this for Ray. I, it's such a, she's speaking from a broken heart. She gets angry. That's what Ray says. He's like, yeah, I don't believe it. And ruins that. Like Evangeline is a star. She's Mm -hmm. like nothing to you. And so he goes to find the truth. And when that, I know. And then when that happens, uh, Naveen tries to take the necklace Ray gets it. So this whole thing, the talisman, goes on and Ray defeats the shadows with as a firefighter. I love him. Like I love him just going to battle for but them. But then Facilier knocks him away. Just steps on and him. Then, but it's it's yeah. he goes to step on him and then it cuts to him and it's just like that's it. It's, it's awful. And I can I mean, remember I don't know how, I, other than not killing Ray, I don't know how you would show that scene. 
Yeah, I remember when we watched it for the first time, I, I, I was just like, well, they don't kill him, right? There's no way Ray dies. Like, I was, I was shocked that they killed Ray I, the first time. So I'm going to bleep out the title of this movie because I don't want any spoilers for anybody, but Tara cried at, at Princess and the Frog for the Ray scene. And then Tara, we watched last night and you had a like it's been a rough weekend for movies for you for characters who we've lost yeah well, okay I, I don't want oh, any spoilers sorry. so i'm gonna make sure we bleep some okay. of that so people don't know what we're talking about because i yeah you want people to have the same experience that's true you did. that's true yeah i cried when it happened to i cried again when they they did the send off array i was very sad again uh, not as bad oh. as turner and hooch but no not as bad as that but uh oh, becky you were gonna I say really something? thought okay this is a missed opportunity because yes, this is like a this is set in New Orleans. It's set in the Bayou. All of his little Firefly people are Cajun, and they're gonna send him off. Oh but yeah. Like, typ- typically, what happens is there's a funeral procession where they are playing music. They are playing you out to your final resting place. And yeah. This felt like a Viking funeral. <laughs> kind of, right. Like I was like, are they gonna light this on? The first yeah. time I saw this, I was like, well, are they gonna light this on fire? Like what yeah. are we doing? I I don't know why they. You, they spend so much time setting up New Orleans, New Orleans jazz, but you don't see a wedding procession happening with it. You definitely don't see this funeral for Ray. So I was like, what? Because at the end of the day, it was two guys who spent like a long vacation in New Orleans. Yeah. And that was their first time in New Orleans. Oh, I I that I didn't know. Wow. They're like, we've never been. And I was like, maybe oh. we should have had one person. Like, same thing with Randy Newman. Randy Newman, they brought him and goes, my grandmother was from New Orleans. And I'm like, that's like three removed. Like, there's certainly people who like are closer to the city. Yeah, yeah. But okay. Well, and I definitely cried. The part I cried at was when Lewis brings Ray to them and like kind of explains what happened. Right. I was like very sad about that. But I agree with you. Yeah, that was a perfect moment where they could have Emerald. showcased something that is like deeply rooted in the culture of the folks who live in Louisiana and New Orleans. So Randy Newman was indeed cousin Randy, but I just saw Emerald Lagasse was one of the gators in this movie. Really? What, what again, a weird voice again, to have. So there, I mean, I there's guess three major New Orleans residents or like proponents of this movie it's like we've got dr john uh emerald lagasse and john goodman and it's like what do those three people have in common that maybe we should have thought outside of those three people yeah. for like authentic new orleans residents we're gonna have john in our goodman movie just sounds like a good southerner i mean he's good but like yeah it's like oh, crap put some Black New Orleans actors in this movie. If you're going to have Emerald Lagasse in a role, as a like, voice, give me a break. yeah. <laughs> uh, but after kind of this fight happens, um, and they're like going for the talisman, is when uh, Facilier shows her she could have her dream of the restaurant if she mm-hmm. just like agrees to his deal, and she says no, and she breaks it. Oh, she doesn't just say no. She gives the villain of this movie a dressing down that I am yeah. impressed he with. reads him. Yes. Yeah. Yana will read somebody for filth. Like, she already <laughs> talked about, she might as well have talked about Naveen's mama, his cousin, she should have called him fat. Like she was going off on on Naveen about how lazy he is, and then she reads Shadow Man. I'm like, good lord, ease up. Yeah, her. yeah. She's just like shaking her hand, and he's yeah. like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And then the friends from the other side come for him. The shadows yes. come for him. Another... Well, she does the mucus thing. She's like, oh yeah, it's that's not slime. Right. It's mucus, and then like gets the and thing. gets it, and then stomps it, and then uh, we see a tombstone with his screaming face on it. 
Well, first he gets dragged. Yes, like, he, he gets actually just come from, dragged. They drag him yes. into a into the mouth of one of the demons. Like it's in it's cra- and yeah, and then it's his, his face, and then it's. I feel like everyone should have been like, huh, his name was Facilier, huh? Because I feel like you're right. Everyone calls him Shadow Man, even like Lawrence. Yeah, yeah. So uh, this is when Tiana is like, you know, my dream is you. It's. I just want to point out real quick, that is my yeah. favorite part of the movie. I said that. I, the, the Him getting dragged, as mm-hmm. much as scary as it was, I love it because it's my favorite part of the song. It's just doon, 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 doon. Like that yeah. beat is so good. It's like straight to the day glow. It's the villain getting his comeuppance in a fun way. Like he's not, he, for, it's a villain not getting thrown off a high height. Yeah. And yeah, right. not, yeah, that's true. Anyway, I love that scene. No, that's fine. Uh, but yeah, she's like, you know, my dream has you in it and they love each other. So we find out that. And then Lottie is crying tears of happiness and that, you know, uh, I'll do this for you. I'll kiss him. Yeah. You know, I'll help you with the restaurant. Like none of this matters. And then they don't turn. They're still frogs after Lottie kisses him. Like, I don't know, six times. She keeps trying. <laughs> well, the cro- Lottie, like she doesn't even, she's like, okay, I'll do this for you. Like, she's not even like, what do I get out of it? Exactly. Like, yeah. Want me to do what? She's just like, okay, got it. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I was a super fan of Lottie after the first time watching it. And you argued with me about Lottie. Uh, and yeah. I feel like you're coming around so, a little bit. Well, but I feel like you feel here's Becky, part of, about Lottie. Here's part of why I think is uh, have either of you guys seen Roots? No, I have not. Uh, wait, seen Roots? Roots. Like, uh, yeah. yeah. So, like, I th- if, if, if I, it's been a long time since seen Roots. But isn't like Sandy Duncan a character in it who's like. There's like somebody, there's a situation where like the daughter of a landowner, which I'll be honest, Big Daddy LaBeouf has some real like cotton king energy. But Yes, he does. Yes. But, but that's does. that's New Orleans in the South, especially around that time. But right. like, I think, and I've, I, there's a book I've read that's like a comic book called Bayou. There's been a lot of situations where the young white daughter of like the plantation mm-hmm. and one of, it gets to be good friends with like there, it's a trope of like the slave daughter or the indentured servant daughter or something like that mm-hmm. and then something happens and they blame like they they like like in the book i read is book called bayou it's a really good like kind of like uh african-american it's a book based on african-american and um like southern folklore Mm-hmm. But something happens and they lose like she like loses her necklace and the white girl is like she stole it or she lost it like they blame them and the same thing I think happens in Roots where something happens and then but I don't feel like that happened here right but that yeah. but I it doesn't and what I'm saying is I'm wrong but when I watch it the first That's few times the I get, you get that energy I'm like like I am very distrustful of Lottie because I see I think they're designs are very similar setting up that situation at this time in a southern city like you know to me i'm like "Mm, i don't like that girl because i've read all these other things where i've learned not to trust the you know white daughter of the of the well-meaning white girl the the Mm -hmm. white daughter of a rich southern like you know plantation owner owner or whatever i would have that vibe and i could definitely see how that vibe would happen very quickly like oh what's gonna happen here yeah except she's so and i i I could definitely feel that when her mom is, uh, when Tiana's mom is Lottie's seamstress, right? Yeah. So it's okay to play with these little, it's okay to play with the seamstress's daughter, but like we don't really fraternize with them, that kind of thing, right? Right. 
except for the fact that they that she is so close to saying like how much is it going to cost let me give you money like let me you know yeah 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 i that that is a thing that for me the first time i saw this that's what flipped me out of was well, she going to be just a well meaning white girl yeah, like, yeah cuz a lot of situation it would be i want you to have the beignets for me be here at this time no yes. payment right. yeah exactly i i and i think like like now i'm not feeling that as much but they are trafficking in the same like visuals and like a characterization okay like, i see look. that yeah so that's why i think like it took me a while to figure out why i didn't like lottie as much as i did yeah because i also just want lottie to go oh hey you want a restaurant here's the money and it's like this was a 10 minute movie like you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh but they when lewis brings ray we kind of touched on it earlier and they have the bayou send off with the fireflies he then all of a sudden appears next to evangeline so it is kind of sweet that his star looks like the stars are holding yeah they're connected yeah. yeah there's like a line connecting two of the points uh but mama odie winds up marrying uh prince naveen and tiana and you're right i want you to stop and tiana that, that would be just an awesome ending mama odie ends up marrying prince naveen like <laughs> what but you're right about again missing an opportunity the kind of official wedding they have well they have the frog wedding which i actually love like with all I of the like that one before the real one. bayou the creatures but then the real one as humans they've got swords and all this stuff and it seems like it's more his culture than it's tiana's culture and again it like missed an opportunity they're getting married in new orleans they might as well like have it in that style versus like in this like fictional Prince Eric similar type style of a wedding cut to them I don't know what they're yeah or cut it or just don't have that some of these things feel like real design by committee like someone's like well what if people are upset because they didn't get really married and it's like just yeah it would have been fine if they were just married as frogs it's fine like they were frogs now they're not the wedding still stands the end yeah and so then they kiss and it's he kisses a princess because now that she's married to him Mm -hmm. and she's a princess and this is when becky you said this technicality is dumb (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think which it is like a weird like a very specific technicality and i'm like when in the story did they decide that that's how this was gonna happen right do you know what i'm saying like when they were like creating the story i guess as opposed to like now we're in love and the magic is is fixed like that yeah i guess that's the other option it does feel like we've you know like there's no rule that says the dog can't play basketball it feels like that sort of like yeah (laughs) like yeah (laughs) air bud technicality Uh uh (laughs) but i do like that you know we see the end and her restaurant is realized and i do like that we do see naveen being put to work uh yes but then he jumps on stage for a little bit like I, I wanted mean, her to be like, Mm-mm-mm. yeah, he's a showboater. There's no way he's not like he's he's been playing that ukulele in many forms throughout the whole movie. So I feel like at some point he has to get up there. But yeah, Man, I agree. Go back in the kitchen and go mint some more vegetables. <laughs> yeah, I overall, I think like. I think we've talked at length about our feelings of Naveen, but I do like that at least oh, she puts him to work at the end. And right? we're about to again. I know. Because here we are with the questions. Uh, yeah, but that's the end of the movie. Yes. <laughs> so we've got our questions we ask at the end of every episode. How was the princess? I, You all know my feelings. I love her. She's one of my favorites. Same. Team Tiana forever. Yeah, she's great. I think she's she's strong without doing the typical like Buffy, the vampire slayer, like let's just make her kick butt. Like, yeah. I think I, I like that. I like I, I like a lot about her. Um, I'm assuming she can hold her own in many different situations. We see that throughout the movie. Yeah. Anything else you guys want to add? I 
that, that's all I got for you. I feel like yeah. she's great. Becky's winding up for this knockout punch because the next question is, how was the prince? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> prince Naveen, your mama and daddy should have taught you some basic life skills. If you if you swiped right on me on Twinder or, or on Twinder on Twinder yes yeah Twinder Twitter Twin whatever if this was a dating scene if I was not in a relationship and I met a man like Prince Naveen I would run the other direction I'd be like tell me that you are a grown up and then we can talk because uh, this guy is a child forever and not in the fun whimsical way in the way that you just want to shake the crap out of him. What Disney prince, if they swiped right on Tinder, would you be like, oh, yeah. Oh, Prince Eric in a heartbeat. <laughs> <laughs> he loves Eric. He's got those dreamy eyes. He's a hunk. He's so, he didn't, <laughs> listen, it's not his fault. He doesn't know that the difference between Ariel and Vanessa. He's following his heart. He's not a bad dude. Mm-hmm. I, we, we had a lot of good things to say about Eric. I, I, I defend Naveen a little, but not enough to get into this fight with Becky. Um, so the next I, question... I, <laughs> Here's the thing. He is, yeah, I, I think, well, I don't even think I need to say anything else because we've talked about him at length. But yes. yeah, I wasn't a huge fan of Nuveen's. I think we all like Tiana so much that this there's it, it would take a lot to find a prince good enough for her and they did not they succeed. They did, yes. Tiana deserves better. Tiana, <laughs> I will say it to the day I die. Tiana deserves better. Um, now, you know what? Lottie deserves better. Well, then the well, six-year-old she ends yeah, up that's with. That's a weird, a weird thing at the end of it's her a, dancing with joke, it. It's a yeah, joke, but, but yeah, of her waiting for this six-year-old to be an adult. She's like, "Listen, I just want to marry a prince. Let's go. I'll wait." Like, yeah. Lottie tells you what she wants from Jump, and she holds true. That's true. Um, how are the sidekicks and henchmen? Um, I want to talk about real quick, uh, Doctor Facilier's shadow. Yeah, that we didn't really mention that at all, and there are a lot of really great moments of yeah. the shadow getting things or grabbing the talisman. They, they and- high five at one point, like even just him interacting with it with the yeah. shadow. There's a part at the end where Doctor Facilia is backed up against the wall, and the shadow. Excuse me, I, when I talk so much in a podcast, I get real gassy. Um, <laughs> there's a part at the end where Doctor Facilia is like backed up against the wall, and the shadow is like over him like looking around like he's trying to hide behind facilier like yeah they do a lot of there's a lot of fun to be had with that relationship i thought was mm-hmm. cool um, and it's I not it front- i know that sounds weird i actually kind of wanted more of the shadow oh yeah i mean i think he's mostly just a visual thing but i think he's a very cool visual yeah he's thing, not like yeah. front and center it's more of you have to be kind of on the lookout for it i feel like to catch mm-hmm. those moments uh and like how that shadow because re- you don't ever see the the other like dark side shadows interact with with facilier shadow until it drags him and i like i would have been interested to see like when he's like oh shadows go do your thing like i would have been interested to see like what happens with his shadow like does that shadow freak out a little bit be like oh you know yeah is his shadow one of those things or is it just i don't know yeah um uh Lawrence, Lawrence was fine. Like again, I like Lawrence's voice coming out of Naveen. Yeah, coming out of that body. Yeah, he was fine. I mean, he wasn't like an amazing henchman, but he wasn't bad. Uh, Ray and Lewis. I mean, all the animal sidekicks were great. I feel like we like them so much. We've talked a lot about them. So yeah. Um, Favorite musical number. Let's go around the room. I have mine, but I think they were all really good. Yes, they're so good, but like. 
the exhausted adult in me always want always sings I'm almost there. Mm-hmm. Mm. But then other times I have to just sing dig a little deeper. Yeah. And you know, those are those are the top two. I actually out of all the Disney songs, like out of all of them, and I am like Little Mermaid lover forever, 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 right? But like I would probably have to say dig a little deeper and um almost there probably higher for me than part of your world and and uh we don't talk about bruno and that's saying something hmm. yeah i i love dig a little deeper i love mama odie i love that song but almost there is a close second for me as well i love dr facilier's song too I, the mine. rhythm of his is well, what i like a lot but i think for me it's dig a little deeper if i had to choose yeah. I used to not like when we're human, but like this time I really was into it. Like I wouldn't call it my favorite. Yeah. Dr. Facilier's song. Friends on the other side is my favorite by far. Cause I just love, the, I also love when it comes back and it's like, and it, it, the whole like, oh, are you ready? Is like, yeah. is like, uh, takes on a new meaning for him. He's like, no, no, I'm not. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Well, it's because so it's good. him asking them and now he's being asked that I question think that's in a different like, way. I think that's part of the reason I like a scene because it's like a turnaround on him where it's like they're malicious. They're like, okay, we're, it's like, a, yeah, they're kind of, there's glee in them taking his soul. Like you were asking like, is his one soul worth that much? I think some of it is just like, yes, because it's yours. And like, like they're like, we're like, I don't know. It's, we're coming it's for you specifically. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, does it hold up? You know, let's talk about female character agency. I think she's a. I mean, she's the oldest and most mature of yeah, the, and of the, the most princesses. Some of the most hardworking of yes. the princesses as well, and and some of the most true to life. Right? Like, oh. I, I think like you can see yourself in her a lot. Her story could be a lot of people's story of like working hard to get what you want. Like she's not like born into royalty or this like fictional set of circumstances. I feel like it's more like real life circumstances. Mm -hmm. Well, I love the fact that it's not one of these, it's not one of these like down for, okay. First of all, I think a lot of times people assume that in the black community, it's just, Oh, we all grew up with single parents. Right. And we're all poverty stricken and like, how do we reach these kids? You know what I mean? Like that kind of narrative. And that's yeah. not the case with her. Like they don't have a lot of money um, as a lot of black people in New Orleans in their early twenties didn't have a lot of money. Right. But like she did have a two parent household and both parents were incredibly encouraging of her goals and her work ethic and who she wanted to be and what her dreams were. Um, and no was not an op an option for her, right? Like, so they instilled this work ethic in her and this positivity and this optimism in her. And I love being able to see strong, powerful Black female characters that have that. And yes, yeah, she is flawed, right? Like, she's not perfect. But I love the fact that we see that in her and we see that every little girl can look at that and say, yeah, I, I can do things. I can do big things if I really think about it and if I really, really work hard. Yeah. Um, well, I guess that covers a little bit of ethnic representation. And I think we've done our due diligence talking about that in this particular film. Does anybody have anything they want to add before we go on to the other ones? I don't think so. I think we've kind of touched on it throughout. <laughs> I think we more than kind well, of touched yeah. on it. Well, yeah. Yeah. I know the first yeah. half, but yeah, I'm yeah. saying even in the second half, I feel like yeah. we touched on it too. Um, drinking and smoking. There was that joke with the octopus drinking like- Like eight glasses, eight of, glasses wine. of wine. And then How it sees- did that costume even work? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
Are you asking because you don't believe it would work? Or are you asking because you're like, I want to have eight wine glasses the next time I go to a party? <laughs> I may or may not try to design an octopus suit where I can... Listen, I've already worked on an Ursula costume <laughs> where I can make her tentacles work. But if I can Ooh. make those tentacles Ooh, that's like, awesome. hold glasses... Well, eight, eight is a lot of legs, David. Eight is a lot of legs, David. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a terrible uh, love, actually. Actually, <laughs> uh, yes. Um, guns and firearms. I mean, there's a lot of guns in this movie for a movie that came out in 2009, a Disney movie. I was kind of shocked. Yeah. I do think that the, the, the riverboat joke is like one that I was okay with again, like the, Oh, when they go after Lewis. Yes. I think that was funny. And just for a second, the one where they're like all running around with guns and their props, like to kind of do again, the whole hillbilly scene is a little, yeah. Why did we need this? Uh, so we are going to do the villain ranking, but quick before we do this, we've got a little explanation right now. A new thing to season three. So here you go. The infallible scientific villains ranking was designed and created by top scientists working together to establish the perfect method of devising a villain's relative knavery, cunning, and vileness. Each evildoer is judged in seven categories on a scale of one to five. The averages of each category are added up, and the resulting villain ranking tells us exactly where each 'er ne'er-do-well belongs. Whether it's at the top with our queen, Ursula, or at the bottom with Aconcagua, the grumpy mountain of Saludos Amigos. Here are the seven categories. Number one, frightening. How scary is this villain? Number two, funny. How often did this villain make you laugh? Number three, fierce. How much attitude, sass, and sense of style does this villain have? Number four, effective. How grand was their evil plan and how well did they execute it? Number five, design. How awesome does this villain look? Number six, go away heat. How much did you honestly hate this villain and want them to be off your screen as quickly as possible? And number seven, yes factor. Whenever Tara sees a villain she loves first appear on screen, she says, Yes! How often did you find yourself missing this villain's presence when they weren't on screen? Follow along at home and let us know your own villain scores. And now back to the podcast. So we are back. We are going to rank Dr. Facilier. I think we should kind of include his shadow a little bit in this. Okay. Because I know he's kind of a sidekick, but he's also his shadow. So I don't know. So just well, whatever you want to do, explain your, your thoughts. Frightening. So I thought I his frightening, I don't think he's a five. I don't think he's all the way up there. But I think he's pretty high with some of that design when he gets the like skull face during the song and his like Joker face when he's at the masquerade ball and some of the shots he does when he's yeah, yelling at Yeah, I Lawrence. also think it's more the circumstances like who he's working with or working yes. for. Yeah. I think it's not necessarily he's frightening, but the powers above him like that, that... That is more frightening. Yeah. So what do you rank him? Well, what did you give him? I, we'll, we'll get to me. What, okay. what did you give him? I gave him a three. Okay. And it's mainly because if I just saw him on the street, I'd be like, well, there's a gangly fellow who looks like he has a sandwich. He's so skinny. To me. He's so skinny. And they, you're right about the, like, him. No shirt. Like with just his, his belly's, his out. belly's I out. I love that. That choice. <laughs> but yeah, like him on his own. I, I think I'm with you. I think I'm going to give him a three. Okay. Yeah. I think there are a lot of frightening moments, but it's not him who's causing that. I'm going to do the same. I'm going to give him a three. I was between a three and a four. Mm. Uh, funny. I think he's really funny and not like haha funny, but like he's playful in a way I find amusing. I, I feel like I'm yeah. getting close to giving him the same thing, either a three or a four. Mm-hmm. 
Um, just three and a half for me. You have to, you have to pick a three or a four. Well, no half. I would go with a three. Okay. I'm gonna go through three as well because I also think his shadow has some of the the con- like again like they high five each other and stuff like that. Again, it's not necessarily ha ha funny, but there's some witty moments. There are two scenes them. that are why I'm giving him a four. The one where he's explaining it to the friends on the other side and they start like growling and then it cuts back to him and he's like, ha, and he's got this face. <laughs> I think it's so funny. I think about that all the time. And the other one I always think about is when he goes, I got friends on the other side. And you hear him go, he's got friends on. And they do that. And he yeah. Goes, Just an echo kid. A little, a little thing we had down in your legs, a little parlor trick. Like well, the way he says parlor yeah. trick, I think about all the time. I just think it's funny. So I'm going to give him a four. That's fine. I think he's funnier. But you know what though? I don't know if that's him or if it's just Keith David. Cause Keith, he does that with so many of the characters that he does. Becky, I refuse to let this character not be in the top 20. So I will be over <laughs> okay. doing okay. this. And also, because the next one I'm going to say is You're not is supposed to game fierce. the system. I'm, what This system is infallible. The way I play it is perfect. <laughs> um, the next one is Fierce. I think he's a five. Oh, he's five. Yeah. Okay. Oh, mm-hmm. You find me a man who is bold enough to walk around in some bell-bottom skinny jeans and a vest. With no shirt. With no shirt. His And a top hat. And a top hat. He, you can't tell him nothing. I don't yeah. think he's the same five as Maleficent five. But him doing that, like, dancing, he was like, dun, dun, dun. And he's, like, dancing around doing splits. Like, he's like, I'm taking your soul, dude, dude, dude. He's and he's just like. so manipulative. Oh. Like, from moment one, like, we just see how crafty and manipulative he can be. And I think there's some swagger in yes. that in itself. So the next one. As much as I love Dr. Facilier, mm-hmm. I have a very hard time giving him much of a rating and effective because he changes them into a frog and that's like it. Yeah. Everything else, like he's trying to get new, because it's all about him about to get what he wants and he doesn't get what he wants. I will say I might be willing to give him a three because he kills a sidekick which is something that I don't think for me, that's going to get him a higher go away. heat. okay. He killed we'll say that. Then. So I think he might be for me a two on effect. I think, yeah, I think he's low on effective because again, it's not him. He has to get help to get the frog back. Like he keeps yeah. having to like get in deeper in debt. All of his magic, all of his magic comes from his dealings with the other side. Mm-hmm. All of it. Mm-hmm. Right. So like him by himself, that's why he's also not a big scare factor for me because him on himself is just like, mm, you're all right. You're just a guy, right? So, and if he was really, truly evil, like he wouldn't have, there would be no frog. He would just murk him right out the gate. So you're not really effective. So yeah, mm, that, that's going to be maybe a two if I'm being very positive. What would you, what would you like to give him? Don't. I can't give half points. Otherwise I'd give him one and a half. Okay, so is it is a hard one and a half or a soft one and a half? It's like a hard one and a half. So that's a two. We're gonna give him. <laughs> yeah, a two for I'll you. give him a two as well. Okay, two's across the board. Design. That's another one where I'm gonna give him a five. I am too. Oh, five. Also, Hands the day down. glow, all the day glow pieces in it, I really like a lot. But just the design of him. I mean, we basically broke down his outfit just a minute ago. But like, there's so many great details in well, his design. I love the fact that his eyes are purple. Yeah. Oh like, yeah. Just like, I mean, He's he is Prince. It. He's great. Uh, and, and also the things you were talking about, about how I'm looking like Keith. Because Keith David, he, he I, there's no question that Keith David is, it, like even without hearing the voice, is playing that character. But at the same time, Keith David is 
like got huge shoulders, which I guess Facilier kind of does compared to the rest of his body. Yeah. But like Keith David's kind of, you know, especially back in the day was kind of, do you remember who Keith David is? Mm-hmm. The, the the other guy who's alive in the thing at the end. Yeah. Spoiler alert for the mm-hmm. thing. You know, uh, let me see. That would be 40 years later almost at yes. this point. Um, okay. Go away heat. So you want to give him a little go away heat because he kills Ray. Yeah. So go away heat is usually like you don't want him on the screen. But for me, I have to give him at least a three for killing Ooh. Ray. Well, we have talked about that. Go away heat also includes like child endangerment or yeah like oh yeah with madame medusa and we like yeah, yeah and yeah. corella deville i'm mm-hmm. giving him a three he like okay. full out because not only does he kill ray but he doesn't even think twice about it he just he literally squashes him like a bug and keeps moving on doesn't okay. even look back yeah three from you I'd Becky. Give, you know what i would give him a four for that because i'm pretty sure if he could do Ooh. more in that moment he would okay okay i'm gonna give him a two because while i think there's part of me that is like uh, yes, he kills Ray, and I really like like Ray. I'm also like, way to go, dude! You're the villain. Like the villain killing a sidekick—that's yeah, a big fair thing. enough. But then you can do that for Yes Factor. Don't worry about me and Doctor Facilier <laughs> on Yes Factor because I will go ahead and admit to you now. It's a that five. is a five for me. I think yeah. if we re-record the opening and in, in end where I'm like Gaston, blah blah blah, it would I may be Doctor Facilier. Doctor Facilier may be my favorite villain. I think mm. Jafar made a big jump in my estimation of him. I like him a lot. Yeah. Um, Gaston has dropped since because he's very problematic. I, it's not even that. It's just I'm like. You're kind of a turd. Yeah. <laughs> like that. You're, you're yeah. like Dr. Vasily. Like, I don't want to hang out with Gaston. I want to hang out with LeFou more than I want to hang out yeah. with Gaston. But um, anyway, I okay. would hang out with Dr. Facilier, but like in a way that I'd be like, I don't really want anything from you because you're going to try some trickster type stuff. But like anything else, let's hang out. Right. Let's kick it. Yeah. Go eat bananas at Duke's. Um, do you guys, do you guys, what are your yes factors? What's yours, Becky? Ooh, the yes factor on Dr. Facilier is probably a strong four. I think I'm going to go with a four a as well. strong four. Wow, I thought I was... Okay, interesting. All right. I like him. I don't like him as much as you. I love, love how much you like him. Like, you're, like you've are like you pleaded your case, but I don't think he's that high for me. So you're going to have to help me remember this number because I got I to gotta go back to the... Okay, well, what's the number? So he is twenty. He ranks at twenty five point seven. Is his is his number? Okay. Let me see where that puts him. Okay, okay, okay. Pretty good. I think he's in the top. <laughs> where is he? Oh my! Oh no! I may have to go back on my ranking. No, no, no! You no. you wanted because... to game the system and you got so excited. Right. He has knocked the headless horseman out of the top ten. Wow! So nice. he's number ten. He is number ten. I want to see battle between Maleficent and Doctor Facilier because they both call on like the dark side powers. Yeah. Right, but like she's just so petty. <laughs> and he's so manipulative that it's like it would be the most toxic battle ever. Like we would all need therapy at the end of it. <laughs> are you are you talking it. about her I being? I don't want to watch it. Are you talking about her being petty because she wasn't invited to the? Yes. Birthday party? I mean that's, that's like literally. Well, pettiness. hold on. So recently, I have read something where that has examined that because in medieval times, not being invited to the birth of a of a child, especially someone in royalty, mm-hmm. was considered like 
like Game of Thrones level, like we didn't invite them and now the Lannisters hate the, you know, like oh, it was interesting. a big deal. So it so was that a was bigger part of, deal. Yeah. I don't know if in the 60s when they wrote, you know, maybe that was coming from the fairy the original tale fairy tale. it was a big yeah. deal. But yeah, I someone read that and they're like, and that's why it was a big deal that like, I think it was the, 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 the fact reading that was more of like, they should have known better than not to have invited her because yeah. they should have known like what kind of a, sl- a slight this was. Mm-hmm. But I, I always think that's interesting where it is more than just like, I didn't get invited to this party. It's like basically saying like we don't uh, like view you as as a person that should be respected or whatever in right. medieval times. So, yeah. yeah, still like that, like even even under that guideline, that still is pretty petty. Because you'd be like, whatever, I'm evil. I'll keep it moving. Leave me alone. Instead, she's like, I will wish death upon your child and this entire kingdom. Yes. Let's go. Yeah, I'm putting the entire kingdom to sleep. All y'all, even people I don't even know, y'all gonna catch the smoke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. On that note, Becky, thank you so much for for being here. Like, I'm really glad you're able to do this episode. I know we kept pushing it back and everything. Yeah, but- we appreciate not only your flexibility but your time because it's yes. always a chunk of time. But your enthusiasm and excitement for this movie, even when we did Nightmare Before Christmas, and you were like, "Oh yes, I'm ready for Princess and the Frog." <laughs> I've been so excited to to sit down to do this episode with you. But we always <laughs> we always ask our guests um, if they want to, pl- you know, whether it's a, oh, I haven't said this in so long, I can't I remember what it is, whether it's uh, a personal project you're working on, something you've, some piece of media you've been, uh, you know, seeing or, or absorbing lately, or if it's just a sentiment you want to put out there in the world, please, Becky, feel free to plug away. Um. The sentiment I wish to put out, because well, I, I, I am working on a lot of things, right? So I, aside from teaching high school theater, I coach our high school step team and I've created a Garland ISD district-wide step team. Ooh. Oh, that's awesome. Nationals, and we've opened for Blue Man Group and we've Whoa. done big, big, Yeah, it's been, it's been wild. Like when people are like, do you sleep? And I'm like, no. <laughs> you know, yeah. It's, it's, been, it's been wild and it's been crazy. And this year has been one of the toughest years ever. But if there's one sentiment I could like leave for everybody, it's like, just keep making dope things. Like yeah. no matter how hard things are, just keep contributing to the dopeness in the world. And then things don't feel so hard. So, yeah. Well, I think with the pandemic, it, you know, something that uh, I've, I've seen said other, other places is like, that's when we realized how important art was when we were like yeah. stuck with, being stuck in a room and it was like well thank god we've got these shows and these documentaries and like music and books and all these things we can do when we're like you know to escape some of the craziness of the world just to well and how important live experiences are because those were taken away from us right in in a certain extent now that those are starting to come back yeah obviously be safe and everything but rushing the doors for this stuff and i i have had a lot of friends who aren't in the arts tell me like, Oh, I can't do that. Or, Oh, that's not my thing. And I'm like, no, just do, just make something dope that you enjoy. Right. Like that's what makes things better. Like whether or not you're getting paid for it 
if it's I just painted this little picture that I, I'm not a good painter, but I tried it. Like, just go make something dope and like enjoy enjoy that. Are, yeah, that's another thing. Like, I'm let me let me piggyback off your sentiment. Um, <laughs> but like, I, I feel like there's a lot of people when they are making art or doing whatever. There's a lot of thing, a lot of uh, uh, pressure in this day and age for like, oh, when are you going to open your Etsy shop or ooh, when are you going to do this? And sometimes art is just to be absorbed by you and like never seen by anyone else, and that's fine that is okay that's okay you 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 made a really good fart good for you that's dope for you like oh. that's what you want right <laughs> like we got to get in this habit of like just make some stuff just make some stuff that you enjoy that you feel is dope i heard someone say oh there's more podcasts yes there are more podcasts <laughs> people have stuff to talk about so talk about a podcast Make a cool it. picture. Sing a good song. Just make something dope and enjoy it. That's that's a sentiment I have. Awesome. Well, well, thanks again, uh, listeners. Thanks for uh, 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 hanging out with us for a little bit. I have no idea what's next. I know we because have we're recording this, this in our break, so we don't break, off we the don't top of this. our heads. We don't know what's next, so it'll be a surprise for it'll everyone. Be a surprise. <laughs> Here's what I'll do. Up next is Rainbow Bright and the Star Stealer. And uh, yeah, so uh, thanks again, guys, uh, for checking out The Princess with Frog with us, and we'll see you next time. All right, take care, listeners. Thanks for listening to Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. If you've got a Disney story to share, a bone to pick with us, or just want to say hello, call the Princess Diaries hotline at 707-YO-TRPD-1. That's 707-968-7731. You can send us an email at trprincessdiaries at gmail.com, tweet at us at trpdiaries on Twitter, or check out our Instagram at trprincessdiaries. Join the Facebook group to post Disney memes, vote in our Disney theme brackets, and meet other fairy tale friends. Facebook.com slash groups slash TR Princess Diaries. Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries are available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wherever you hear us, please be our knight in shining armor and give us a five-star review. Check out pods.link slash TR Princess Diaries for all the places you can find us on the web, including how you can support us through our coffee account or our Redbubble merchandise store. Thanks again, and until next time, remember to always live happily ever after. Thank you.